3: Hi everyone and welcome to the Cognitive Recalibration Podcast. As always, mm-hmm. I'm your host, Shravan. We've got Tyrone here with us. Hi hey, everyone. Having a bit of a snack. Mm. <laughs> His mouth <laughs> is currently full, so I'll, I'll just let him eat that. So today we're going to be talking about The Book of Boba Fett. We're a little bit late on this one. For some reason we started the show a little bit late. We just weren't really watching it when, yeah. it, when it was when it was airing. But then we, we got onto it and we I kind of binged... All the episodes in, in about a week or so. But we can't really do a Star Wars episode without inviting one of our returning guests. Kathleen so- Kennedy. <laughs> 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 we got it. A- <laughs> we, yeah. I'll, anyway, we'll get on to Kathleen Kennedy. Remember, we said we were going to talk about her?
1: We did, but then yeah. the episode got. Um, yeah. 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 We, I don't know if you, well, introduce whoever he is. I think Kathleen Kennedy.
3: <laughs> so. It's probably better than Kathleen Kennedy, to be honest. Um, so we got Baska. That's really relief. That's relief. <laughs> uh, we got Baska Cherecory returning. Uh, he he's joined us for many episodes in the past, but Mandalorian season two was one of the episodes you joined us on, and oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's true. We did a very good in-depth analysis of that season. Yeah, so that was, we-
4: that was fun, and yeah, thanks for having me back for this for this series.
3: Welcome, welcome. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't have done this without you. I was prepared to actually postpone this if you couldn't make it today. Hello. Oh wow, no, we, that's that's we amazing. need you to to come for this one. That's incredible <laughs>
4: listening listening to your to the podcast so far. It's like I feel like your your perspective is actually really valuable because as someone, as people who weren't traditionally like old school Star Wars fans, it's I think these shows are made for people who are. Coming into the shows now, mm. coming into the movies now, like it's it's actually good to good to hear that fresh perspective because you know I'm surrounded by an echo chamber of people, uh, or like old school Star Wars fans, like Boo Jar Jar Binks and like. So, so. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really good to chime in and provide that different perspective. But here to hear your to hear your view on, and take on the series is really good. Um, I I was actually trying to get, uh, I think I pushed a lot of people to watch Book of Boba Fett because originally they were yeah they're like oh, I I don't know much about it. Uh, so I'm, I'm guessing it's not an important thing. I think I was trying to get Cootie to watch it. Yeah, and also I,
3: like- I think when it released, it released like after Christmas. released at this like weird time, the first episode, yeah, where I yeah. think people were just busy with other stuff, like New Year's stuff and all that. I think people just missed it, and then they just never got onto it after that. But, yeah, uh, well, I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into our thoughts on on the show. So our thing about Kathleen Kennedy, when, oh, we, were, yeah. when we were recording yeah. Venom Let There Be Carnage, our episode, We recorded. Shravan went
1: on a bit of a rant about Kathleen Kennedy for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) While we're talking about a a Marvel Sony property. I I don't know how you got onto it. Shravan's mind's on (laughs) Kathleen (laughs) Kennedy. Kathleen (laughs) is rent free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, anyway,
3: what happened was we, um, whether that's true or not, doesn't matter. But what happened was uh, we lost power. In the house. Oh, right. And we recorded about 40 minutes of that episode, and we had to re-record it from the beginning. Oh, right. right, uh, right, right. And our theory is that because we happened
1: to mention Kathleen Not Kennedy- Not we, just Shravin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shraven um, was bad mathing Kathleen Kennedy, and she didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. And she
3: remotely yeah. disconnected our power for some That's reason. Spooky. So, yeah. That's yeah. spooky. That's uh, spooky. So hopefully we keep power yeah. for this episode. Just well, to we-
1: confirm, <laughs> I have no problems with Kathleen Kennedy, but Shravin through mostly sexist reasons. <laughs> <and
5: Scarface Kennedy. laughs>
4: well, we, we have mentioned her name uh, multiple times. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, um, hopefully we, we stay on the air. We'll see how we go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so Book of Boba Fett. So the way we'll structure this episode is we'll go through a bit of background on the show, just you know who was involved in it, a uh, number of episodes, so on. And then we'll talk a little bit about the origins of the character of Boba Fett uh, yeah. when he... Was you know his first appearance and how he's sort of become a, I guess a legend in uh, well, in the legend series of uh, of uh, mythology for for Star Wars, he's become like this yeah, cult like figure, the, the cult, the yeah. cult
4: icon that is yeah. uh, that is him. Yeah,
3: yeah. And then um, we'll jump into our non spoiler review. So if you haven't seen the show yet, you can. Feel free to keep listening. We're not going to spoil anything. But then we will get into full spoilers uh, in the second half of the episode where we'll go through episode by episode and do a little bit more of an in- in-depth analysis of the show. All right.
1: At which point do you give your in-depth analysis into Kathleen Kennedy?
3: <laughs> well, right now because in background I've got her name. <laughs> Okay, um, perfect. Yeah, so background-wise it is a Disney Plus show, obviously produced by – so Kathleen Kennedy is the LucasArts – Head at the moment So after Disney acquired the rights from George Lucas She's been in charge Uh, So she is technically in charge of this show as well It's actually created by Jon Favreau Similar to The Mandalorian And there's a number of directors that are involved in this show So each episode is directed by a different director And we'll get into that when we get into each episode Music is again by Ludwig Gronson So it's essentially return of the crew That were involved in The Mandalorian series Yeah, yeah there are seven episodes. Each episode's ranges. I think they they felt a little longer than some of the Mandalorian episodes. Uh, maybe it was just me, but uh, I think they're between half an hour and 40 minutes. They mostly, yeah, they vary. Some, yeah. some are really quick.
4: Yeah. Uh, some stand a bit longer.
3: Yes, yeah. A little bit about the viewership of the show, and this kind of surprised me. It's kind of um, contradicting what we were just talking about before, but apparently the season finale had the highest viewership of any Star Wars Disney Plus series to date. More than the Mandalorian season two finale. So 36% more than the Mandalorian season two finale. Interesting. Interesting. Which is I have a very few interesting. I have a few yeah. theories about that. Yeah, have a yeah. theory about that.
1: Yeah. It's Catholic <laughs> <Kathleen> candy based.
5: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> that's, that's what I had in terms of background. And it, like I said, it, um, the first episode released on the 29th of December, and we've had one episode per week since then. Starring, uh, we should probably mention this, but uh, Tamara Morrison is is obviously back as Boba Fett, but he was obviously Django Fett in the Clone Wars yeah. Um, movie. Yeah, and Ming-Na Wen is is back as well as his uh, sidekick, and we we saw both of them in the Mandalorian series se- season two. Was she in season one? Yes, she yes, yes, she was. Yes, yes, he was yeah, but um, and there was hints of Boba Fett in season one, but you don't see him right. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Th-
4: there's a there's a kind of a foreshadowing of sorts, it, and that's not confirmed until season two of Mandalorian, where yeah. it's actually yeah revealed. I guess
3: this is a series within a larger series of Star Wars um, related shows that Disney Plus is doing. So obviously Mandalorian is the first of them, but after this there's going to be a Ahsoka series as well, and also a Obi Wan series.
1: Yeah. Um, Obi Wan is first.
3: Yes, that's right. I don't think they've announced when. Ahsoka's- they did.
1: Oh, for Obi-Wan, it's May 24th or something.
3: End of May sometime. Yes. It's, it's uh, a week after Moon Knight finishes. Yeah. 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 They try not to clash with the Marvel yeah. release schedule as well. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the origins of Boba Fett himself. So <laughs> a funny thing about him is that his first appearance was actually in the infamous Star Wars holiday special in 1978. The character is created by George Lucas, obviously. Uh, it's been portrayed by actually many different people because in the original series it was uh, portrayed by jeremy Bullock in the in the movies. but then since um since Clone Wars, Tamara Morrison has sort of taken up that role, even in terms of voice acting as well uh in the various since attack of the clones, I think you mean Sorry, yes, attack yeah. of the clones yeah. What did I say?
1: You said Clone Wars
3: yeah, sorry, attack of the clones the the movie episode two. Um, attack
1: of the clones. Yeah, uh, and the- you said that before as well. Just yes, say. I was going to interrupt you, but I- we just kept. You just kept, yeah. Yeah, Kathleen Cady said not. Yes, <laughs> because
3: <laughs> she's right here. In- and <laughs> <laughs> uh, i probably would have picked that up. So when I when I make a mistake and we don't pick it up, I pick it up in the edit, and it's really annoying because I can't. Like, you
1: can't change that. I
3: can't so. just edit my voice back in because yeah. you can tell. You so. should do it. Yeah. You should <laughs> just put in a hard
1: cut edit or you cut out and then you put your voice in and then you, yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, but Clone Wars, the series, he also, does he appear in that? No. So the, yeah. the
4: voice of um of Boba Fett in The Clone Wars is, and all the clones is done by D. Bradley Baker. So he does he does a really good job of uh voicing the entire clone army <laughs> in that in that series. Okay. But 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 the accent and the style is based heavily off of Timour Morrison's performance in Attack of the Clones, which is uh, a little bit more New Zealand accent, but a a very very unique um portrayal. Tomorrow Morrison did go on to voice his character in a number of other um uh, uh, IPs, so in the Boba Fe- or the Bounty Hunter game that was released on PS2, Xbox and GameCube. Yes. Timur Morrison voiced uh, his his character in that. As uh, as Boba Fett, yes, yeah. Uh, so as as Boba Fett or as Jango Fett, I can't remember which one he plays. As Jango Fett, Jango Fett, as Jango yeah. Fett. Um. So for those not familiar or who haven't seen Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett has a clone son given to him as a kind of reward for donating his DNA to the Kaminoans, and that's an unaltered clone of himself, and he treats that as his son, who's named Boba. Yes, uh, that that's that's why Tamura Morrison who played Jango Fett. Also gets to play but, his son. And, yeah. he, and the fact that he's aged perfectly for that role. Yes. Yeah. To where he, we see him now post uh, Empire Strikes Back. or post, post old, old trilogy, everything. Kind of how, lines up. How nice.
3: old was he during Attack of the Clones? Because that's 20 years old now. Yeah, he was in his yeah. uh, late 20s, I believe. Yeah, because he doesn't look... I mean, he looks older now, but he doesn't look that much older, like he's... Yeah, of, yeah. He's, yeah. He's
4: aged quite well, to be yeah. honest. Uh, like, you can still see remnants of his of, of his character and personality. And the way that lines up with the the whole chronology of Star Wars and how old Boba Fett was as a, as, as a kid, we see him in Attack of the Clones as like a 10, 12-year-old kid yeah, yeah, who's played by a different actor. And then we see that age progression post-original trilogy to where it is now five years after the Battle of Yavin, which is 19 years plus five, so we see... Twenty-four years, chronology-wise, based on where he is, so that's that's a good progression. It's almost yeah. matched up,
3: and that's all I had. Like in terms of his partners, so I don't know two of these people. So Bosk,
1: he's in original Star Wars. He's a lizard-looking guy.
3: He's a Trandoshan bounty hunter. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
4: and Dengar. Uh, Dengar. Okay, so yeah, he, he Dengar. He makes a visual appearance, but he's not like a, he's not voiced. Okay. Um if you have, if everyone sees if anyone's a fan of Rooster Teeth's uh Star Wars parody series, Robot Chicken's uh parody oh, yeah. series, then yeah. yeah, Dengar makes an appearance in that. Yeah, he's a uh, and is also in Battlefront One, the EA remake.
1: I do not recognise this bloke, but yeah.
3: <laughs> so formerly those two were apparently his partners, but his current partner is Fennec Shand, obviously in this uh yeah. this series. Uh Homeworld is Camino.
1: That's Bosk, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. that's, that's I, the lizard dude.
3: Yeah. He looks like someone in Star. Wars. He looks like a lizard. Someone
4: that belongs <laughs> yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah.
5: Um,
4: home. Kamino. camino. Um, yeah, we see that in Attack of the Clones as well. The clone that's facility. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it Pretty makes sure
1: him- Bosk dies. Someone kills Bosk.
4: Oh, I don't remember if he dies in really? the series. Is he? I think he dies.
1: I always uh, thought to- he might make an appearance. I'll. Uh, I'll look that up. Keep yeah. going.
3: All right. Uh, that's all I had in terms of background. Did you guys have anything else about Boba Fett? He is like this for many many years there was like this cult following for this character and when he finally sort of appeared in there was all this speculation that he was going to appear in Mandalorian and when he did appear like it was a good a good moment in in general
4: yeah like 30 years after the last time we saw him on film to see him again was it was a big surprise but I, I i do remember um watching a documentary on purely the, the the origin of the cult following of Boba Fett and it actually started surprisingly with um so there was a holiday special, which appeared. In which case he made a he made a cameo, and not many people. He's in the uh
1: in the holiday special. Do you know which party he's in? He's, in the, he's, in, the yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. in the cartoon. He's the cartoon. Yeah, he's in the cartoon. Yeah.
4: And in which case, the the holiday special was actually quite wacky. It had a lot of different like uh, experimental things that were introduced at that time. You know, Ewoks yes. and dinosaurs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think where he made his cultural impact was right before the screening of Empire Strikes Back. There was a parade that was held in uh in San Francisco in Marin County. And it was like the first public kind of um, showing of, oh, you know, Darth Vader in his suit, someone dressed up as him and someone dressed up as a scale model of Boba Fett. At that time, no one knew who he was. No okay. one, no one knew what, who this character was. He just looked really weird and mysterious with this weird, uh, medieval style helmet with a T grate in his helmet, a uh, weird rifle in a cape and like Western boots walking down the street
3: next to Darth Vader.
4: And, and the did crowd- they
3: design that? like how he looks like based on the holiday special? or
4: I, I believe his design was done before the holiday special. They kind of figured out they wanted to introduce this character okay. and then they used that for the holiday special. But the origin was in the design work. That If you see some of the design work in some of the old Star Wars books, they had ideas of they wanted to introduce some kind of a masked fighter, bounty hunter style character. Then he got infamous in this parade where people just were asking for both Darth Vader and Boba Fett's autograph. And then in the film... Uh, where he first makes his appearance in *Empire Strikes Back*, he's a very ominous character and very mm. cunning. Yeah, he's actually pl- outplayed Han Solo in in the movies, and I think people are really mysticized by the fact that this is a character where you don't see his face. He's wearing a helmet, and he's very—it's uh, a very menacing and very kind of mysterious character that people just kind of were obsessed with. I think he sold the most action figures. After the Empire Strikes Back came out, the number one popular action figure was Boba Fett. Yeah, and you kind of see his demise in in Return of the Jedi. He has a pretty unceremonious demise. Yeah. It's he's not. He's not. There's no glorious purpose for him. He doesn't. You know, do yeah. anything. it's a pretty quick demise. And
3: um, well, his death is famous, right? It's like uh, if you get Boba Fett, it's like you you just
1: you just die. It's yeah. always <laughs> comedic in the way he dies. <laughs> it's so bad because. Like he said, he was like in Empire. Yeah, he was a mysterious character, and I think people liked him at that point, and they probably built a lot of lore around him. But then, in yeah, in Return of the Jedi, is that what, yes, is that, yeah. yeah, Well, he gets killed by a blind Han Solo accidentally hitting his jetpack in the back with a lightsaber <laughs> yeah.
4: with a with staff <laughs> with just a uh, regular staff.
1: It's a staff, is it? It's a, yeah. it's a regular staff, like yeah. a, a
4: metal staff, and he hits him in the back of the. Uh, jet he's pack. just
1: swinging randomly. And he accidentally hits him in the back, and then he flies into the fit.
4: <laughs> and and I've had furious debates with hardcore fans saying, "No, he wasn't defeated. He had he was hit by a laser blast from the barge, and that discombobulated him, and therefore he got hit." And I'm like, fair enough, Muddy Buddy, but I think the creators didn't want to focus on him. Yeah, yeah, at all. They just wanted to get him out. Um, just get him out of there.
1: Yeah. I think he's more people like him more because of the legend stuff that he's probably done, isn't it? Like the yeah. books and to, all to that stuff. to be honest, kind of so
4: the, the whole cult following actually, it, it got more intense after the original trilogy finished and then you had people watching the films, re-watching the films during the 90s and the early 2000s. Then people started to really kind of get behind the mythos. Yeah, uh, and that and they then, wrote all the books and stuff. And correct, had, yeah, all, yeah, all the extended universe stuff. And there were stories, there were comics released as well uh, where that kind of went back and showed Bubba's history, like what he did in between or before the films like he teamed up with you know wookiee bounty hunters and, and random other people and did kind of exploits around the universe and and all this stuff played into
1: well that's the- why George Lucas put that those seeds in the prequel trilogy because people yeah. like that character otherwise he wouldn't have touched it
5: oh Be- yeah Yeah. the,
4: the, yeah. the bringing jango fett into the prequel series was i think a genius decision and and also to not just do that but the whole myth the whole mythology of the mandalorian Originates from Boba Fett because he's the only Mandalorian we see in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, and then that, that literally, the Boba Fett sprouted the whole Mandalorian race in the production sense or design sense. So we now see Jango Fett. We, we, we see the word Mandalorian used. We see the word. It's not just a bounty hunter, but it's like a race. And then, of course, the Mandalorian fleshed out the whole thing. Mm. And then, we but see-
1: interestingly, if you just look at the movies. Boba Fett isn't much of a character at all. If you've only seen the movies and you've not concentrated on anything else, he has one line in Empire Strikes Back and he dies, like we said, in, in Return, return the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So he really doesn't have much of a character at all. was yeah. oh, no, just very, very
4: little character yeah. development. It was all left no. up to the fans to fill up the gaps. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So he was yeah. a popular character, so they decide to... Yeah,
4: Sim- Similar thing with Jenga Fett. Like they, they made him look very... Uh, they kind of fleshed out the assassin side of the bounty hunting and then he was killed off almost as unceremoniously, very brutally at the end of Attack of the Clones. But it left that weight with the
3: little kid, which is going to be Boba Fett. Yeah. I and just she, remember that um, that image
1: of the kid with the helmet. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 to yeah. it. Is yeah. his dad's head still in that helmet?
4: Very much likely so. Which <laughs> <laughs> kind of it's very <laughs> <It's> a very <laughs> thought. But yeah, it, it, he's in there. And, um, and, and that's what the, the, the Clone Wars animated series took that as an opportunity to flesh out whatever gaps were there, and they really did kind of introduce a lot of different concepts, which yeah. is a very very interesting.
3: Yeah, an interesting parallel I see with, like, the way Boba, Boba Fett was treated in the movies and um,
1: the new, the sequel trilogy.
3: Who's that character, Captain Phasma? Captain Phasma, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, Captain
1: Phasma has about as much character development as
3: As Boba Fett. As
1: Boba Fett. She yeah. probably has
3: a few more lines, but, yeah, yeah. like, in terms of development, not much. C- Captain yeah. Phasma
4: was... So they, I think, uh, the Disney execs and the Star Wars, George Lucas, knew how crazy people were on Boba Fett, and they, I think, they this time they tried to design the same thing with Captain Phasma and specifically make sure that they gave her a completely unceremonious end, so that Last fans would on. have a similar reaction. And I think it kind of back backflipped. People were expected actually to some kind of justice in yeah. her character. She's a really interesting character in in uh, in Episode Seven. When like I was actually watching the trailer, I was geeking out. I'm like, this is the new Boba Fett. It's going to be crazy. They're going to really flesh out a character. I, I wish they did actually flesh it out. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't
3: seen the last, last year. Out, it's, yeah. it's a bit disappointing. Well, I guess um, we're well, not going to spoil if, this show. episode nine as well. But yeah. yeah, we're not going to spoil this show, but spoilers for other Star Wars stuff in oh, yeah. in this
1: section. Um, yeah. so. By the way, Bosk is dead. Oh, okay bugger. How does he die? Boba Fett kills him. <laughs> okay. Is, is, that, <laughs> yeah. is that in legends or is it? It's that- in legends, yeah. Oh, okay. Well then yeah. that means it's open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it could be alive still. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Alright, we can get into yeah. our non-spoiler thoughts, high level on the show. So we can go positives first and then we'll speak about negatives. Uh we can start with, with our guest Basker. So uh, positives. Oh wow yes. Positives.
4: It's a Okay, so positives is it is both a show about Boba Fett and it is also Without spoiling it, it is, and this is what Jon Favreau said in production, it's also going to be Man- The Mandalorian Season 2.5. It It is not just going to be focused on a singular event. A, one, a, a great positive that I felt on the show, it's the continuity that I felt coming out of watching Mandalorian, coming out of, uh, even just coming out of watching, if you've just seen the original Star Wars, right? Yeah. The story continuity is done very well. There's a lot of elements... In the book of Boba Fett, which call back to the original films, George Lucas's work, his cinematography, the referencing, even right down to the mythos of different cultures of, of, of Tatooine, you know, for example, uh, it's very interesting to see that. And I think the character development and Timur Morrison's performance is a highlight of this yeah. show. Really, really well done. And also there was, there's definitely a, ni- a couple of nice surprises down the track as well, which, which is, which is good. It's good to have something that you, you don't want to just go into the book of Boba Fett and think, Oh, this is just going to be about, you know, someone trying to gain respect. And that's at the end of the show. They get it. It's good to have something unexpected thrown at you. And, um, this show definitely delivers. It's, I still, I wouldn't rate it as highly as The Mandalorian in terms of the experience you get from that. But the book of Boba Fett is. A wonderful journey, and there's a very symbolic journey that happens in within as well for both for Tumor Morrison's characters. Boba Fett,
3: do you have any other positives? I've it's got good. a couple, but you can go, Okay, I'll go. All right, <laughs> uh, he's just gesturing at me. <laughs> this this will all be like amplified a bit more once we have a video because, yeah,
1: like- and then we could have Kathleen Kennedy in the corner as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike, and do you think we could get a life size like, um, cut like, out of Kathleen Kennedy? Like
3: decoy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably you could. Okay, you could get a made. Let's look into that. Yeah. <laughs> if we
4: do, I'm, I'm bringing my directed by Dave Filoni T-shirt. If we have a, uh, if <laughs> <new laughs> camera, that's why I'm wanting to wear that one. Probably. Yeah,
3: or we could get one of like Kevin Feige for all our Marvel episodes and just watching over us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Positive. Uh, I'm just going to redirect what you just said. Uh, tomorrow Morrison's quite impressive, actually, in this in this show, especially for the first half of the season, where it is quite concentrated on his development of, of, of his character i thought he was really really quite good and he's obviously very passionate about the the character as well and um, you can see that i also thought the setting so we've been to tatooine a lot of times in the Star Wars universe but i thought it was it was really good uh, again and they do they explore it more in a i think in one episode in season two of mandalorian we talked about how it felt like a western yeah um there was there was like an episode which was set up like a i forgot which one it was it was the one with um the first episode, I think, of, of season two. Were, yeah, pretty much yeah. the
4: first first and second episodes. Yeah, uh, I think the yeah the influence, western influence. Yeah. Uh, spaghetti western influence is very heavy. You could yeah. tell that they were just ripping off of uh, you know Sergio Leone and like honoring his his kind of work in that in that sense.
3: Yeah, and I think this whole s- series is basically, especially uh, except for a couple of episodes, I think this whole series is essentially a western, and uh, it just got me thinking. Um, so John Favreau he's made a movie called. Cowboys and Aliens. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
1: All not right. the worst movie. Have you seen it? It's no, okay. I
3: no,
4: yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen it. it yeah. Daniel Craig is a really good. Yeah. It, it
1: got like not great reviews, but I don't think it's it's not amazing. But if you're bored, it's worth watching. Yeah, right. it's an interesting.
3: Yeah. It's really It's an interesting take. Well, this is essentially Cowboys and Aliens, no, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more or
1: less. Yeah, uh, more or less. Yeah. yeah so um, this is better than that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I did like that. You know, that uh, setting and the, obviously the production values are great. So in, in line with the Mandalorian. So all the visuals, all the action sequences, especially there was a couple of action sequences. The the finale had some good action, uh, but uh, episode two had some good, a really nice action sequence in a flashback episode. Uh, but yeah, I really, I did enjoy the overall technical aspects of, of the show. I thought they were really top notch.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Pro- production yeah. values definitely... It doesn't feel like a TV show. Yeah, no, it just feels like it. It feels a Star Wars like a, movie. as as good a production as yeah. the movies. Yeah,
1: they use the uh, the volume to good effect, don't they? You can't really tell that all of it's shot in a in a room, essentially. <laughs> oh
4: yeah, the sound design. It, yeah. it's definitely, they've worked on it to make sure that yeah, it doesn't feel claustrophobic. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like sometimes when you see, like Spider-Man No Way Home was great, but some of those scenes, you could tell it was shot in like a like a room. Yeah, especially the scenes with the three Spider-Man because oh, I guess I'm spoiling that here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they had to hide that, so they shot it in in like closed spaces, warehouses and stuff. Yeah, yeah so yeah, you could yeah. tell it was shot in like a warehouse or whatever. Yeah. But this, you could never tell, like that it's shot in a room.
5: Essentially,
1: yeah. you c- yeah. couldn't
4: tell it was shot in the volume. The whole L- the, the the LED lit. Yeah. Studio room, yeah. which was more or less used a lot in this production, I'm guessing, because of the- yeah. well,
1: They shoot they shoot it all in there. Yeah. Because of
4: COVID. Yeah. Of COVID. Yeah. The, yeah. There were a couple of outdoor scenes that they took uh, on location to make it look a bit more, I think, when they needed a lot of depth of field. But, yeah, a lot of it was done
3: in the volume, which is another technological marvel. Uh, side note on Spider-Man No Way Home, you know that whole bridge sequence? That was all a uh, set. Like, that was basically all CGI. The bridge sequence with um, Doc Yeah, like, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? That was yeah, the same. yeah. 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 Oh, so shit. literally, they showed like a behind-the-scenes footage. You know when he um he slams Peter on the pillar. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pillar's there. Uh, Peter's not there, and uh, Doc Ock is there, but his arms aren't there. So it's like wow. everything else is like it's it's hard to tell nowadays. Yeah.
4: Like the CGI and the general VFX has gotten to a point where
1: yeah, it must be hard to as an actor doing a movie and being like, is this going to be good? Because it's like no one's there. You don't know who's acting. You know how good the CGI is going to be. It's like, oh, yeah, just say this line and we'll, we'll animate the arm and it'll be good. And you're like, I have no idea what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. I,
4: I think there's a good mix of practical effects nowadays to the point where the, the, the actors have a good reference point. Uh, to Like, eyeline sighting is very important, so they always have yeah. some practical reference.
3: Yes, yeah. And it's, I mean, with COVID and all that happening now, it's it's becoming more and more prevalent. Like, it's easier to... Almost do it do it that way, then actually get you know actors Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I call these negatives. It's personally things that I felt could have been done better in this in this series. So one thing is I've got the synopsis of the show here. So this is just a synopsis from Disney Plus. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just read that. So the the book of Boba Fett is a thrilling Star Wars adventure teased in a surprise end credit sequence from the season two finale of The Mandalorian. Finds the legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigating the na- galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. So that's what the show is meant to be about. Yeah, um. that that is a the definition of synopsis. Yeah, it
4: doesn't give anything away. Sets the tone. It feels like it's going to be a nice western slash gang sling gunslinger film and. It's
3: a good synopsis. Yeah. It
4: doesn't give anything away. I have something to say about the level of mysteriousness
3: they put on the show. Yes. It may have
4: worked to the disadvantage.
3: That's right, yeah. And I think what we ended up getting, I'm not complaining, but I think what we ended up getting was not really the Book of Boba Fett. Like, half of it was. And then it becomes something else. It becomes like a Star Wars Chronicles show. It's it's a bit of everything. We won't get too much into spoilers, but... And it's, it's funny because it's Boba Fett. So, like, even in the movies, he was kind of put in the background. Yeah. And then he finally gets his own show. And then he kind of gets put in the background for half of his own show, That's which true. was a bit disappointing. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, maybe it's just the way they set up the expectations. But I personally thought maybe... The, and I, I was actually really invested in those flashback episodes that they have in the first half of the season. Uh, and, you know, the way they were setting up his character. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, the past had a big influence on what was happening in the present as well i could i think they could have made the show about boba fett but still had those other elements but the way they did it it almost just completely navigated away from boba fett for a little bit yeah and then it comes back but then by the end of the show you're just wondering what was the show actually about um yeah because they do set up some stuff about boba fett but it's not it's resolved but not really it's not like satisfying from a boba fett perspective but yeah that was just what i felt uh, in terms of mix and we can get get into it more on spoilers where i can explain it a bit more in depth
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah well i agree with you like it does everyone that watches the show will know exactly what we're talking about when we say deviates um at the midpoint of their midpoint of the season essentially my problem with it mostly is that the point where it deviates is where most people actually enjoy the show before that it was pretty average, I reckon. I'd reckon if that was the whole season, it would have been an average show that people would have thought it's okay. It's still got good parts and it's still enjoyable, but the reason that people really liked it was actually not those episodes; it was the ones that came afterwards. So, unfortunately, in the Book of Boba Fett, the Boba Fett episodes, are the worst episodes. <laughs> so he's he's kind of, like you said, he sidelined it his own in his own show. I don't think he really has that much character development in the end, like the flashbacks episodes do give us a little bit, but from start to end, you don't really see that much of a shift from him, and there's a lot of side characters that are introduced in the kind of Book of Boba Fett episodes, and none of them really get too much play, unfortunately, and I didn't really care for most, some of them die, spoiler alert. And I did not care at all. It was actually kind of funny when they died. <laughs> um, yeah, I know what you mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's like various factions that get introduced, and none of them are all that interesting or get fleshed out that much. Hmm.
3: Now I think they could have been interesting,
1: if but they, they don't get enough
3: play. Yeah, yeah. If they followed, if they just followed the Boba Fett narrative yep. throughout the whole series, I think it could have been interesting.
1: Yep. I understand that they yep. want to build a wider universe, and when we get to spoilers, I could. Not that I could have made the show any better. These guys are obviously much better at, at making movies and shit than I can, but I probably would have done it a different way, which yeah. I think would have built to a better finale in what they're aiming to do eventually, I think.
3: Yeah, and I can yeah. see why they did what they did as well. Like, it becomes very much fan service towards the end of the, the season. So, there's there's a lot of stuff that
1: fans wanted to see and they yeah. get an opportunity to see it, but they could- Look, all the fan service stuff is good. Yeah. And, like- I'm not saying the show is bad, but it's just not a Boba Fett show, essentially. Yeah, and I didn't find the Boba Fett stuff that interesting.
3: Yeah, and I think all of these shows are, you know, they're they're called different things, but I think they're all just like a expanded Star Wars universe show. Yeah. Um, So it's Mandalorian was Mandalorian focused, but this wasn't, and I, I can see the the show's coming up, you know, next. They might be called Obi Wan. They might be called Ahsoka. But I can see other elements coming into them as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I think one one stark observation that I made at the show was when the Mandalorian came out initially. There was a lot of risk involved for the production team because it was the first Star Wars based
3: Disney TV show in the mm. Disney Plus format, and it was also the first major Disney Plus show on launch. Like right. It yes. was like the real draw for people to subscribe to Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. the hook for people to to take up this platform and
4: to view it because it was a lot of hype behind it. Uh, a lot of media. I remember. I remember Comic Con. People were going nuts over like just a preview, previous section of like the ship flying by that they did in uh, in using a miniature. And I think they they experimented with directors and the creative process within their bounds for Ma- for Mandalorian, and they increased that for season two. With The Book of Boba Fett, I feel like they know it's not as tightly run a ship. They can afford to be a little bit more risky with how they pull the creative threads. And you can tell that from, I think, the second episode in where they start to introduce different elements and they poke about how, where the story is kind of going. Mm. If it, Just for anyone listening who hasn't seen The Book of Boba Fett yet and if you're wondering whether or not to bother watching it, if you are at all a fan of the original trilogy of star wars or you know the clone wars or just go watch the series you will not be disappointed in what the show has to give go and watch it first do that now come back and then have a look at what the series offers because if if i tell people now watch boba fett i'm not necessarily saying it because boba fett has some major character reveal or anything i'm not saying it because of boba fett it's for other reasons Yeah. It's, it's for, it's for the fan service that, that is involved, which is really, really kind of, uh, major and important. So, um, that's, that's, that's kind of my negative. It's that I wish I could say to people, Oh, this is an amazing show about Boba Fett. Go watch it. It is really good. I remember by episode two, uh, a lot of the fan talk that was happening, it was kind of hyped up. It was like, Oh, wow. They've introduced this character that they brought this character. Who knows where it's going to go. And there was a lot of hype involved around where it could go. And I think that hype was semi-realized, but it wasn't fully uh, delivered in the way that people expected. That's all I say for now.
3: Yeah, and we can we can dive into it more in, in spoilers, I guess. Oh yeah, you guys did mention you had a theory as to why the finale for this got more viewership. Was that a spoiler thing? We can. We can uh, part
4: yeah, p- partly because well, generally as series, it, this happened with uh, the Disney show uh, Hawkeye as well. Yeah. Like, as the show... When the show begins, there's not as much traction. But as a finale is approaching, I think there's a lot more talk on social media. There's a lot more momentum. This show more so because of, um, I guess, what we'll be talking about in terms of the late deviation of the series. Yes. Um, The deviation... 100%
1: 100% because of Episode 6 and the characters that are introduced in Episode 6.
4: Episode 5 and and then uh, Episode five first And then Episode, and then six. episode yeah. 6, yeah. Because episode yeah. 5 was yeah. a was a big surprise to a lot of people. Yeah. And Episode 6 was like, a, what the hell is happening? I think like,
1: everyone expected some stuff to carry over from 6 to this, which kind of doesn't. Kind of. Um, but-
4: Un- yeah. Unless you knew who the director was. If you knew who the director for the finale was, then you were like, okay, let's keep our expectations in check because- the director for the finale also directed
1: episode four, I believe. The yes. Streets one. of uh, episode he, yeah, it, episode, episode, three, episode, one. episode three. Robert Rodriguez directed the last episode.
3: Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. I've got, I've got the director. So he directed the first episode. Yeah. Our uh, first, yeah, yeah. first episode, and
4: then the last episode, and the third episode. Oh, he did direct the third yeah, one. Yeah, the third yeah. one, the Streets yeah. of Marcepa. Yeah. yeah. And the
3: and the last episode. Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: So if you if you knew who the director was, I, I guess people kept their expectations expectations in check. And similarly, every time Dave Filoni directs an episode, you know you're going to expect something crazy to happen. Yeah. So that, that's what happened in the in the Mandalorian. <clears throat> so people, fans, were kind of paying attention. But um, yeah, that, that was my explanation for why maybe the viewership got higher towards the end.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think definitely that second last episode would have got people in. Um. Cool. And I I managed to almost avoid all spoilers, but I unfortunately went on. Twitter, like I didn't go on Twitter to look at this. I just went on Twitter and I saw some spoilers. Oh nuts! Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't. It didn't. You know, was it? Was it d- like an image format? Yeah, it didn't detract from my experience. Was it my so. tweet? Because I tweeted one image. Uh, it
4: might have been. Was it mine? T- I, I tweeted yeah, an image yeah. straight up from when, the, when yeah. the episode was released. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, might have been. <laughs> I, well, I, didn't even, I didn't even. I didn't even do that thing where it's like spoilers ahead. Watch out! And it's a new line, new line, new line.
5: I didn't do that. I was yeah.
4: Like, <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Bosca. <laughs> You're one of those guys.
1: That's what eh? you get if you follow my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't follow Basker's Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you if you don't want spoilers.
3: So I, I'd given a cognitive recalibration. I think it's it's a good show. It's even it's with, not bad. Yeah, yep. even with all its um, shortcomings, I think it's a good show. I have this. I, I don't think it's an argument, but uh, there's a lot of people that actually don't care about Star Wars. Oh yeah, uh, there's. A lot of people that just won't watch anything that's Star Wars because it just doesn't interest them.
4: Yeah. Story of my life. Story of my life. (laughs) I try and get people involved in Star Wars and it's like, you mean Star Trek? And I'm like, (laughs) 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 goodbye.
3: (laughs) Uh, This is not going to win you over. So this is not going to convert you into watching Star Wars. I don't think this is the one. To some extent, Mandalorian got some neutral people on board because of of Grogu and... And his cuteness, but. Um, Can I just yeah. say Grogu was a
4: genius in marketing? Mm-hmm. Like, if they decided, oh, our fan base is mostly male, we need something to kind of appeal to the other side. Let's get a cute infant involved. Yeah. <laughs> just like the number one thing they think will, and it kind of worked. <laughs> It's, he's all over. Yeah. He's all over yeah. the place. Even people who are not Star Wars fans are like, oh, but where's this cute Yoda from? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The yeah. funny thing is, some Star Wars references that no one has watched Star Wars will know who Yoda is. That's oh, that little green monster that yeah, I've seen yeah. somewhere. Oh, that Darth Vader. People know who Darth Vader is from just hearing it from their friends talk. Yeah. Yeah. His icons are like Mario, like, uh, you know, these are these marketing
3: icons everyone knows about.
4: Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting no, to see Yoda's- how that, that's
3: designed. I was playing that. Um, what's that? It's that game where you have to draw. Um, You have to draw the word. Oh, Scribblenauts? Yes, yeah. Um, Or, like, people have to guess. Is that Pictionary? Pictionary. Pictionary. I'm going way down the deep hole there. Sorry. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Pictionary. Pictionary. Yeah, we're playing Pictionary, like, virtual Pictionary at work. Nice. And I got Yoda, and I just drew, like, a green face and, like, a a robe and a lightsaber. And, like, a lot of people in my team, they don't really watch Star Wars, but they knew who Yoda was. Interesting. So, he's obviously... You know, transcended the the franchise. Here. People know
4: that if, yeah. if anyone's listening in as like an old school Star Wars fan, that is extremely interesting because the way Yoda's introduced in the film, he's drummed up to be this great. Like, no one knows what he looks like. The word Yoda is used to say he's a great Jedi Master. So when Luke is going to Dagobah to look for Yoda, he's like he's thinking of this great Jedi Master, old, revered, wearing robes, and you know, like a like a general who's fought in the wars. That's what mythology. And he meets this little swamp creature and it's like I'm looking for Yoda and the Swamp is like Yoda he's a great warrior I'll lead you to him no one knows that the creature is Yoda <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> until you see that that was the spoiler alert for like the well, one of the spoiler alerts for Empire Strikes Back but yeah yeah. now it's, for, now it's fully reversed people know who he is yeah but don't, know the, don't know the significance behind it that's so, right so yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah but even Mandalorian I know people they're like yeah like baby Yoda's cute and all but I don't really like the show. So I know people like that as well.
1: I think if anything Force Awakens was the one to win people over. And I think it did win some people over. Yeah, um, the, new, the new generation. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, Force Awakens was the the best option to win the new generation over.
3: But then it lost it after that. I think it became too uh- I think
1: if the um what was that last one called?
3: Rise of Skywalker. If that was yeah.
1: anything better than what it ended up being, then they could have still had a decent fan base. But yeah. given how terrible that movie was, I think they lost basically everyone. I think
3: everyone. Force Awakens is still the most accessible Star yeah. Wars movie. Like You could just watch yeah. it without any background and still have a good time with That's it. That's
1: the thing. If you want to get yeah. new fan bases, you got to have an accessible movie that you don't need to have prior knowledge to watch
5: yeah, yeah.
4: Or, or even yeah. me as a star wars clone wars fan the tv series it was the, it was the first star wars tv series before the disney plus shows and that was actually an entry point for a lot of the fans a, a lot of new fans actually a lot of um military families and people who are close to like armed services loved the show because it's really kind of talking about the camaraderie of soldiers and the clone uh the clone army it's a really unique experience so um yeah interesting to see how there have been multiple attempts to get new people in
3: Oh, we can get your your rating, and then we'll jump into spoilers. Oh, rating? Yes. Ooh, okay. And where does this rank in respect to? I mean, there's only three shows, but where does you've already said it's not as good as Mandalorian, so it, yeah. I guess it's below season one and two. Uh,
4: yeah, yeah. In uh, so I would I'll give this show. Let's see what's a good rate. All right, four out of seven Gaffy sticks. Okay. It's probably my my rating. My, my Mandalorian was uh, was much closer, to like ninety percent, or if not if not full stars. But yeah, yeah this one's about four out of seven kaffi sticks. And in terms of where it rates regarding the other shows, so i would ca- go
3: just to be uh, <laughs> clear. What is it? What's a
1: kaffi stick? Oh, sorry. So I, <laughs> so I think that Boba Fett uses. Yeah. So a kaffi yeah. stick
4: is the uh, mm-hmm. traditional weapon of the Tuscan Raiders. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah the okay. native yeah. natives of Tatooine, and yeah. you see Boba Fett using it in uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and- kind of that was the first hint that oh, he's somehow worked with the Tuscan Raiders. Yes. So yes, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the gaffiest thing. And it was modeled after a Maori weapon, traditional oh, Maori. Okay. Weapon. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And in this they show a little bit about how he acquires that as well. Yes. Because, yes, yeah. that's a
4: really cool scene. Yeah.
3: yeah. So it's still yeah, as as we've all said it's still pretty good. So if you like Star Wars. It's pretty
4: good. Oh yeah. If you're a fan of The Mandalorian, definitely watch, yeah, the watch show. it. Yeah, watch it. And um I would rate Mandalorian season Mandalorian season 2 Mandalorian Season 1 and The Book of Boba Fett falling Close. Really close.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Really yeah. close. Cool. All right. We can jump in spoilers then. So this is the point where if you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, you go and watch it and then come back to this point and listen to our spoilers. All right. So we can go step by step, uh, episode by episode. Perfect. And uh, just talk about any, any thoughts that we had. So uh, as... We said the first episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, it's called Stranger in a Strange Land. And uh, what I've just noted is this the first episode is about 34 minutes long, yep. uh, excluding like um, uh, the intro and the, the end credits. And of that showtime, about 22 minutes of it is devoted to his flashbacks. Um, so a lot of the first three episodes is. Four. Yeah, three. Yeah, four episodes. Uh, except, yep. yeah, four. Uh, the fourth episode is mostly flashback, but it's also a flashback that we kind of know happens. Like he finds Fennec Shan, yep. he gets his um, ship back. Yeah, it's kind of stuff that we know. We haven't seen it, but we know happens. Yeah, out, out of the yeah. Mandalorian season two. It, yeah. it's an interesting kind of way they put the chronology because where we see him is
4: he's suddenly alive. He's got the robes and the weapons of the Tuscan Raiders and he's got Fennec Shane with him. Yeah. And he gets his armor back and he's back as Boba Fett. Okay, cool. And then the end credit scene of in Season 2, he's on the throne of Jabba the Palace's heart. That's right. Book of yeah. Boba Fett. That's it. So, where this comes in, it's really interesting how they work with the flashbacks because they have to show, they decide to show what happens before we even see him in Mandalorian. Like, how did he even survive? That's right. Survive? Yeah. Last yeah. we see him, he got swallowed by the Sarlacc Yes. in Return yeah. of the Jedi. So, we don't know what happened. How did he get out?
3: Yeah, so the first episode basically starts there, like where he gets out of the Salak pit, and then uh, uh, he gets captured by the Tuscan raiders, and then he kind of gains their trust by killing this. What is that de- desert creature that he beheads? Uh, the, the well, he doesn't behead it, but I think they like he chokes it, and then they. Oh,
4: that it. big demon thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a name for that. It's it's. I think they. It was a design from Ralph McQuarrie's original uh, drawings for Star Wars. They used they used one of his drawings. I don't everything, know
1: what everything. Everything in Star Wars is a, is from Ralph McQuarrie, McQuarrie's yeah. oh, original so, design. So th-
4: this one was like yeah. a a lot of the shows I realized take, they from, just the take rejected, it from the rejected yeah the, the, the rejected, rejected part So I'm, every I'm new what this, monster
1: that they create, it's yeah. like oh where they create this? It's like oh Ralph McQuarrie drew this drew this ages ago and we rejected it, so we're just gonna reuse just take it. it. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's I. I don't know the name of the monster. I'll, I'll bring it up. Try and find it. But um, uh, it, it looked something like out of Mortal Combat. It was like really, yeah, really multi armed scorpion yeah. kind of monster.
1: Do you realize every um every Star Wars movie or TV show or whatever, if a monster shows up, they just kill it, <laughs> just immediately kill it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: <laughs> Pretty much.
4: And yeah. the, the, the really cool thing is that the the VFX and the CGI they used to create this monster, they kind of made it look very stop motiony. Yeah. Even though they didn't use stop motion, but they they made it, it looked, with, the, yeah. with the frames. They kind of yeah. maybe altered the frame rate to like 24 frames when the show was running at 30 or something. Yeah. It made it look really it convincing like, that it was like old yeah. school stop motion.
3: And I found it interesting that um, the Tuscan Rays, they have these, they have multiple creatures, but they've, um, they've got these lizard, giant lizard looking things, but they're also kind of like dogs as well. Like they yeah. kind of act like dogs. I found that interesting as well because he kind of, Fights one of them, doesn't he? Oh, or- the Mastiff. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I know the name of that one. We yeah. see them in Attack
3: of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, I think. Okay.
4: Like, yeah, they, yeah we see them running around the Tuscan huts, but this time he actually- oh, we also see Mandalorian where uh, Din Djarin actually knows how to talk to the dogs.
3: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. he kind of like he
4: does this whole dog whistle thing, like Clint Eastwood style, and um, calms them down. And then we see Boba Fett now fighting one, which is yes. really interesting how they- Introduced them in different natures. Yeah.
3: What's that creature in Revenge of the Sith? There's a sequence where Obi Wan rides like a giant oh, yeah.
1: iguana. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. it's a native creature to that world. Um
1: yeah. where, also he, where he fights Grievous. Ralph McQuarrie designed. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's like a it's like a lizard style chameleon
3: one. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah.
4: I, I remember the sound of it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember.
3: yeah. Yeah. I I like yeah. that whole sequence that leads
1: to the famous hello there. At the end of that sequence. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. When he, when he yeah. fights Grievous. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. I, I like Revenge of the Sith. I think it's... Well,
1: one yeah. of our mates, his favourite Star Wars movie of all time is Revenge of the Sith. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a good film. I, I like it too. Mm. I
1: think it's, it's a pretty decent
3: movie.
4: Yeah. Oh, the lizard's called a boga. Okay. The, that's the name of the lizard.
3: Yeah. So, by the end of the first episode, we see that Boba Fett's gained the trust of the tribe and he's kind of become... One of them, in a way. Uh, they offer them the water, the little... Oh, the,
4: uh, the black melon, black which melon, is like yeah. um, the how how the how they get their water, I guess. It's these little melons that are in the desert and yes, they kind of yeah. farm for them. So yeah. I'm not sure what produces the black melons, but it's really cool to see that that's what they drink to stay
3: hydrated. Yes, yeah. Uh,
4: and who's... Par- yeah.
3: Uh, sorry. Gonna- it's, a,
4: it's apparently yeah. very bitter. That's what the show oh, synopsis okay. is like. It's very, very bitter, but you get used to it.
3: But that's their only form of hydration yeah i'm sure for them it must be like oh it's liquid gold let's just (laughs) um and there was this other prisoner that um, the tuscan raiders had who kind of like outs oh the 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 rhodian yeah
4: yeah yeah there's Um, an interesting cameo who that's voiced by as well okay he i he just
3: he's he makes sounds he makes (laughs) i think that's the best way to describe it yeah
4: Let let me just bring up the uh so i don't get his name wrong so the Rodian was voiced by the same voice actor who voiced um Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh he also played the facial reference for the main protagonist in the Force Unleashed games. And that Jeez. actor's name is Sam Witwer. He was apparently in the studio when they had this gig happening for and they were just like, "Oh, oh would you like to voice this random Rodian?" Yeah, sure. He so he he, he became the voice of um the voice of Darth Maul in the Clone Wars series. And um, he's the one who did the whole... And, and also in Rebels, Star Wars Rebels as well. If you didn't know, Darth Maul makes an appearance in Rebels. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, He also yeah, no, makes was...
3: an appearance in the Solo movie. He does. Ah, yes. Yeah.
4: Which that one is played by the original Darth Maul, Ray Park.
3: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to follow that storyline, are they? Is that kind of scrapped? Uh... I,
4: I don't think so because, chronologically speaking, Darth Maul is... Is he dead? He's dead.
1: He's dead.
4: He's dead because he gets but he, He's killed in Rebels before A New Hope. And this show takes place after the trilogy's finished, after the original he trilogy's finished.
1: Could show up in Obi Wan. Oh, yeah, yeah. He could show up in Obi Wan. He's not dead at that point. At that time, no. Yeah. 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 So we could see him. Yeah. We could see him. Yeah. Is yeah. it already confirmed that we're seeing him, maybe? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I know there's lots of bullshit on the internet, so it's probably confirmed by someone. (laughs) Yeah,
4: it's in it's in the it's in the realm of crazy cameos that would drive people insane. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Which would be cool. We know that Darth Vader is in that show, so Hayden Christensen. Yeah,
4: Yeah. it could be a flashback to Anakin. Could Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could could be a flashback. Could be Darth Vader. Because I think
3: there could be um, there could be flashbacks to Anakin and Ahsoka. Apparently, in that show,
4: that okay, what you just said. As a Clone Wars and Rebels fan, if that happens, that is like emotionally going to be heavy, like really, really heavy. And if that if they actually do pull that off in either Ahsoka or Obi Wan, I swear to God, people are going to die. Like they're going to go crazy because that there's a lot of like Clone Wars finished originally on a really bad cliffhanger, Ahsoka being you know almost expelled from the temple and that kind of stuff. And then it was a wrongful decision. She leaves, and they ended the damn show. Didn't air it on Cartoon Network. They didn't air it on anything. They stopped it. Nine months later, they released a supplementary season, season six. It didn't resolve the original Ahsoka storyline. And then 10 years later, they actually finished the Clone Wars properly in season seven. And they actually provide a little bit more closure, like emotional closure. But it's still very emotionally difficult, right? So, uh, if they actually do live action Ahsoka and Anakin, like this touches into why... Book Boba Fett
3: is also very, yes. very,
4: very uh, fan servicey, but also very
3: emotionally really cool. And we'll yeah, we'll shortly get into that. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, well, the reason we got onto this uh, conversation was we were talking about the Rodian, is it? Yeah. Um, so he dies, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that beats completely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Boba tried to help him, and he kind of just like. Yeah, because they were going to escape, right? Yeah, yeah. they were both yeah. prisoners, and it was yeah. like
4: work with me. Yeah, to kind of get that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and it's it's funny how Boba Fett. The, the, there's a lot of conflict with the tribe, and Boba Fett. You know, he tries to fight them when he free, gets freed, runs out in the desert uh, with a, with a stolen gaffy stick, and and it doesn't what it doesn't end well for him. Yeah. <laughs> at all.
3: there was actually there was one part in this episode where I thought, oh, maybe the production values aren't quite up to scratch because that whole sequence where he runs into the desert, it's all in the dark. And he's getting chased by these creatures, right? You can't really see it that well. Um, and I was like, okay, they kind of... Whenever you have, like, shoddy CGI, they generally make it darker, so you can't tell. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, they're doing this. But then the re- after that, it was fine. Like, the, the rest of the show is not in the dark at all, from memory. Correct, so, correct. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> episode 2, I actually quite like this episode. So in this... This is a longer one, so it's 48 mm-hmm. minutes. And 35 minutes of it are devoted to flashbacks. And there's a quite a lengthy action sequence where there's a train heist uh, of a Pike supply train. I was about to say,
4: if you think this podcast is derailing the story, this episode is physically derailing some trains. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yes. Well, do they? They yeah. do derail it, don't they? they yeah. Do. I mean, there's no yeah. rails, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it crashes. It crashes. But I thought that action sequence was really good. Um, oh,
4: it it felt like an actual western,
3: yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever seen any of the old western, like Once Upon a
4: Time in the West, or any of the Sergio like any like horses with cowboys chasing a train? This is literally that. Someone yes. just saw like a western, and said, you know what would be really cool <laughs> if we had a western people chasing uh, a space train, yeah, on space horses and like,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, cool. it was it was really good, and there's a lot of build up to the actual heist itself. So there's like a training montage where he trains the Tuscan rays to ride these bikes. Uh, that he actually goes and acquires from from the town, right? From the town. Yeah. Wait, is this before
4: or after he
3: undergoes his journey? This is before. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. He's, so he's, he helps them get the supplies and then they give him that little lizard that goes up his nose. Right, right. Yeah. But since
4: yeah. the first episode, he's kind of gained... He's, he's a bit more placid now with the tribe. Kind, he's trying to learn how to duel with the That's main, right, yeah, with, with the main duel master of the yeah. Tuscan Raiders. And this one is completely like... Telling it no, wrong form, hitting the stick away, and really being yes, like yes. like a proper sensei, you know, like yeah. being strict with you. She's she's not giving Boba Fett any any leeway, just being very strict. Yes, and Boba's yeah. like I'm holding it this way. You told me how to hold it this way, and yeah, he's starting to get frustrated. And like, yeah.
5: wrong. And <laughs> like-
3: <laughs> so does he understand them? Like in, I think in he the, eventually he does. In the beginning, yeah. he doesn't, right? But yeah. I think he eventually yeah, because I yeah. the way he
4: communicates with
3: them. Like, is with hand signals. Yeah, yeah.
4: And it's it's an interesting... I think they had to design something fresh. They couldn't use like ASL or something that was already established. But it's a mix of very visual communication. I love what they didn't show. He speaks while he does it so the audience can understand what he's doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you just yeah. did it silently, it'd be really
3: confusing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for everyone. But yeah, no, I thought this whole episode was really good. In terms of what happens in the current day timeframe. Like pre- present day, yeah. Yeah, like not... That much actually happens in this episode. I think in the first episode itself, it's established that the mayor is not on good terms with Boba Fett, like from the beginning.
4: Oh yeah, and yeah. it ends with an assassination attempt on Boba Fett and show. Sure? Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. where, where yeah. they they kind of defend themselves. Oh, there's also two Gamorrean guards. Yes, yeah. that say, "Oh, we used to work for Jabba. We don't know what to do now." And Boba Fett's like, "Well, if you if you're loyal to me, work for me." Yeah. Sorry to step back to the episode, but this is the first hint that we get that Boba Fett is trying to work on a new principle of trust. Instead of just
3: saying... And he wants to be, like, respected rather than feared. Correct. Yeah, Yeah, there's a quote there. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And then, yeah, in in the episode two, there's when you start to see, okay, he's got his Gamorrean guards
3: with him now. He's got Fennec
4: Shand. Someone tried to assassinate him. He takes his assassin to the mayor and questions the mayor saying, do you know who this person is?
3: And is this the episode where he, he goes and meets the biker gang as well? That no, a- that's the next, next
1: episode. The streets
3: of Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then they go they because also come for him. That's a very
1: Robert Rodriguez episode because it's it's very weird. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anything else on episode 2?
4: Uh yes. Isn't that where we see towards the end of the episode after the flashbacks where ja- uh, where where Jabba's cousins, yes, approach, approach yeah, yeah. Boba Fett, so the twins approach yes. Boba Fett. Yeah. And the C is really good on these twins. They actually yeah. look the funny thing is they're being carried by a like a p- Palisade. That, 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 when, when they actually carry them on, on their yes. people, people carrying it on their shoulders. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know how they did it, but those people carrying it look like they're actually carrying a ton of weight. <laughs> they're buckling at the knees and they're struggling in these two massive huts yeah. sitting on the thing. Really ominous stuff.
1: I've got to say that was that was a cool reveal. But that's one of the disappointments of the series as well, We're flashing forward a little bit. But they don't do anything. They, that, that's they're, all that happens. They, they show up and then they leave, leave and they're like, yeah. someone else is taken over the territory. And the overall reveal of who takes over the territory is very uninteresting. And the overall villain is not that great in the show. But I don't know if you guys felt this. Well, it's not really anyone that we recognize. Doesn't have to be someone that we recognize, but yeah, it's it's, it's like a faceless from, organization.
4: So these characters yeah. are a big, big player in the Clone Wars series. They're like the shadowy organization; that's always behind something. So, the, but but I think the, the the premise for now is who sent the assassins, and that's what the the audience is kind of wondering: like, who is behind this play? Uh, the assassin says, "The mayor sent me." He goes, they go to the mayor, and the mayor's like, "Do you really know who's pulling the strings here?" It's not me. I'm not the one who sent the assassins. Yes, which is kind mm-hmm. of a half truth.
1: And the mayor's that. Yeah, with, cool character design. Yeah, oh yeah, that that yeah. one that yeah.
4: speaks in the uh, yeah, he's uh, got like a little... mock, mock shares, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot
3: the name of his species, but
4: he's yeah. he's one of those um really weird aliens that has like an L shaped neck. Yeah, they speak yeah, they it's... speak in really low frequency guttural tones, and he has like a translator unit. But the, the real playback, the, the real payoff in episode two for me was uh, the introduction of Black Chrysanthemum. yes, which is um the he he comes walking out from the side of these two huts as they kind of make this veiled threat like. Be careful. Uh, Boba like, F- Fett wants to become the major domo of Moss Espa. And the Jabba's like laying claim to the whole planet because Jabba was the one who ruled. So they like, oh, we're the cousins of Jabba. So we uh, have rights. And then Black Chrysanthemum, who's a who's a black furred Wookie, like a giant elite unit of a beast, just comes walking around the side. And uh, anyone who was familiar with the comics, Star Wars comics, just lost their collective minds because it's like, oh, crap, this is Black Chrysanthemum. Yeah. His name wasn't revealed. Everyone knew who he was. Um, then they revealed his name later on. Yes. And he's a really, really interesting and menacing character who just appears on the screen. And it's like, you're seeing a Wookiee bounty hunter. Like, we know Chewbacca, right? He's a friendly furry character. This is You see this, this one as like, right, yeah. that's a Wookiee, but he's not friendly. He, <laughs> he doesn't was a, look friendly. Yeah.
1: He was <laughs> a good character. Well, he was an interesting character that doesn't get fleshed out as much as they probably could have. But- I thought he was, the design was great. Yes, the design looks yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. I,
4: that I think yeah. he was the hype point for me. The moment I saw him, I'm like, hey, this is getting really interesting. At that point where I didn't know what else was going to happen in the show. So uh, that was cool to see Black yeah. yeah. All
1: the character reveals are awesome. It's just, it's disappointing that they did do more with them. I know I'm harping on about the negativity of it because I did like all this stuff. Yeah. I just wish they did more with it. Yeah. And yeah. is
4: it
3: in the next episode where he? grabs uh Boba Fett out of the to tank and he, like...
4: Oh, yeah, literally. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the, the real funny thing is that the to tank is used as a repeated device to say, here comes a flashback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's then the like-
1: funny part is when he's 100% healed, it's like, oh, I'm done with flashbacks. And yeah, now, that's it's it. like yeah. I'm back to the present, so I don't back need flashbacks to- anymore. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but
4: every time they want to end the flashback, it's always, like, Fennec is, like, interrupting his healing session, saying, so you yeah. got a problem, or something happening, like, and then, this, in this case, episode three kind of basically opens up with the flashback, but then he ends with Black Rosanton shutting off the back to tank and pulling Pull him back. out <laughs> of the tank, saying, You just got healed up and I'm going to fuck you up again. <laughs>
1: yeah. just like- I thought it was a pretty smart way of doing it, probably. The flashbacks being with him in the back to tank. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's less jarring than just switching between back and forward.
4: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it became a little bit predictable. Like people were kind of making fun of it now. Like,
3: Yeah. Because every there. time it was the same imagery, like they just show him, like, in the back to tank, and you know, it's like-
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. flashback time, yeah. Flashback time. I yeah. did find it very funny, though, when he finishes healing, and then it's like, yep, That's flashbacks it. are over. It,
4: it, yeah. It's actually a very kind of a- It's a symbolic thing. Like, he's healed inside, so he doesn't need to look back. He looks forward.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sound like an
3: English teacher. <laughs> Interpreting shit that was never designed yeah. that way. <laughs> oh, I've met a couple of those. <laughs> uh, episode three, I think uh, there is a, a chase sequence throughout the- Town of Moss Espa. Uh, uh
4: yeah. So we, we meet the MUD. Yes. The the, yeah. the scooter gang that's heavily inspired off of an actual gang that was in the UK. Scooter gang. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think that's where that's where the creators got their inspiration from.
3: Um Which is interesting because one of the characters is British. Like she's got a British accent.
4: Yeah, actually I think they're all they're all kind of slightly British in accent. I think that was intentionally yeah. designed because they wanted to call back this actual scooter gang that had wacky wacky scooter designs with many mirrors. They just pulled that straight into this. I, I felt that was out of place.
1: They, guys, they get no- Yeah, they, don't they get really no do really do There's this weird scene. It's in the flashback, actually, but it's with the mods as well, where the guy's modding Fennec Shan. Yeah. That's in this episode, isn't it?
3: Uh, and then the fourth episode. The okay, fourth I'll episode. come back to when we yeah, talk yeah. about that then.
1: Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I felt they were out of place. And two, only two of them really get any play. Yes, and yeah. And even them get hardly any play, so- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
4: mean, th- I- there's like teenage slash young adult- Rebels. That are actually
1: 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, they're,
4: they're all they're all older than they look. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think they all have well, cybernetic enhancements and stuff. That's right. Yeah. And I
3: think they were setting up something with that character because she looks like she looks up to like Fennec Shan. Fennec like, Shan. They, yeah, they yeah, set yeah, something yeah. up in like the final episode where Yeah,
4: kind of. Like yeah. almost some people could interpret it as like a romantic subplot. Some people said, Oh, she kind of looked looking at her and, and admiring I thought it was more could be could yeah, be could are you I talking thought- about
1: the final episode yeah where like they toss the the thing to chrysanthemum, the apple to do or oh, whatever no no, no,
3: no before, before that then, where yeah. uh Phoenix I think she comes and like saves them yeah yeah uh, I think they're like cornered or something and she comes and saves them I thought it was more like a a mentor type okay. vibe but it could be could be romantic I don't know and apart from that in this episode in terms of the flashbacks the, it does kind of switch it up, so more time is devoted to the the current time period than the flashbacks. But what we do find is that the uh, Tuscan Raider tribe that he's grown so close to gets slaughtered in this episode. You just find that out, and then you just see them all dead. And you, I think there's a a symbol. Um, that he recognizes, and it's a, a biker. Is it a biker gang that he,
1: he thinks? Like, yeah, they're like yeah. a different biker gang. A different
3: biker gang yeah. that he thinks. By
4: the way, is this the episode where we see him taking
3: his journey? Yes. Uh, his spiritual journey to get all the. Or is, this, is that the previous one? That's the previous one. The the, yeah, so episode two has quite a bit of. Oh, sorry. That's yeah. why episode
4: two was longer. Yeah, so they, yeah. They finish the whole train raid, they meet the Pikes. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then after defeating them and this destroying episode starts
1: with the flashback where he goes to meet the Pikes, I think. Oh, then makes. By this, but, makes oh, by this time, he's them. already
4: robed and, and done. So so yep. at the end of episode two, yeah, he goes yeah, through this right. really really cool sequence where he's he, the the tribe has got a the, the Tuscan Raiders have got to win, mm. so they take Boba Fett. They don't. They not only thank him, but they make him one of his tribe, and they give him this uh, lizard crawls up his nose in a really weird way guides him into the desert with like weird psychedelic hallucinations to find a tree and he's essentially trying to conflict combat his past and you see him in a weird visual kind of way being trapped by the tree taking flashbacks to where he was trapped in the Sarlac pit and he breaks out grabs a branch walks back to the tribe and this branch is apparently the one that he he's destined to, to pick out and it's fashioned into the into a weapon for him his it's own gaffy stick Yes. which is a really cool moment. Uh, a lot of references to, I think there's a lot of references to Japanese culture, like the robes felt like they were robing a samurai, mm. but they also mixed it with a lot of traditional, like uh, native Native Maori, Hawaiian culture, Tongan culture as well. There's a lot of mix, a lot of references, a lot of uh, nice callbacks.
3: And the carvings that they put into the, the stick as well, it looks like. A- yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Like a beautiful imagery and symbolism. And I'm yeah. pretty sure Timura Morrison had something to do with that. Because carving wood is a very big tr- part of Maori tradition. To carve, carve wood and to inlay that with certain gemstones and then to give that to a warrior is like, yeah, it's a very, very, uh, traditional way of, of celebrating the coming of age, I guess, or yes, the, or the yeah. acceptance of someone as a, as a warrior. Any, if there's any Maoris listening to this, please chime in and let us know how, if there's any more connections. Cause yeah, that, that was a really cool scene. And then that flows on to him walking in, in episode three to
3: seeing the completely
4: disappeared, yeah, wiped right. out massacre, which yes. is, oh, it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's hard to swallow.
3: Yeah, and they kind of set up this whole connection with him and the tribe, and they're kind of, yeah, it's all gone with it. Like just as you think he's kind of becoming one of them, it's all it's all gone. Yeah, but then they uh, in that episode they kind of leave it at that, and then they yeah, they continue with the the current because Chris Anton pulls him out of the back to take. so <laughs> um, so they kind of go into the the current time frame. But then in episode four they go back into flashback mode for a little bit, and this is when he meets Fennec Shand and. You were going to say something about-
1: There's a scene where the mod is uh, changing Fennec, well, like putting her guts in to to heal her. There's some really weird music. I don't know if you guys remember the music in that scene. It's like EDM, but in Star Wars. And I'm like, this seems so out of place here. Do do you guys remember the music in that scene? Yeah, yeah. It was
4: like, this is Ludwig Göransson going back to that whole- EDM phase of Mandalorian season two and the droids. Yeah, in the, in the finale, right? In the finale, we yeah, yeah, yeah. had like this weird electronica um, kind of synth. That's yeah. that's, what it, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, And it was like it, it, it's back. He's experimenting it, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I didn't
1: hate it, but I just like oh, this is different to everything else in this series. <laughs> it's,
4: it's also kind of a, some parts when you think of Tatooine, right? Every time we see Tatooine in the films and the series, it's always this old, dusty corner of the galaxy place. There's no color. There's no vibe. It's just people surviving and trying to moisture farm and get water. And that's why the, these mods felt out of place. Mm. It's too colourful. It's too, like, we, we don't see any hint of people with cybernetic enhancements on Tatooine in and of itself. And they kind of introduce it. I just felt like it was a little bit more desaturated,
1: just it, visually. It could have it could have yeah. worked if they did anything with it, but it's not flesh, like, they, they don't make any... Inroads with the characters, or like their backstories, or anything like that. Why they, why they do the mods, or anything, or yeah, how sure. it started. It's yeah. just, yeah, these guys just do mods, I guess. Basically.
4: Oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. the, that girl was played by Sophie Thatcher. She's a she's the British actor who plays that role of the okay. um, the main the main girl in the mods. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. 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 What
3: is her mod? I think um, hers is her arm. Yeah, it could be. Uh, and he looks at her neck or something, right? And she had something.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's like yeah. it's it's made subtly, so it's not too obvious. Yeah, it's not like Not I, like the
1: other guy. Yeah, his face.
3: Anything else in episode four? So they um, in the in the flashback sequences, they him and Fennec Shand uh, get, get his ship back. Get his ship back, and yeah. he goes back to Silek Pit, and he he destroys it, right? Because he tries yeah. to find his his suit, and it's not in there.
1: It goes full circle back to Mandalorian season two. So at the end of that flashback, it,
3: oh, one uh, one thing
4: that I think we missed in the last episode is the the Java twins basically say-
3: Oh, yes, that's right.
4: We're out. We're not going to contest this shit anymore. After the failed assassination attempt by Black Crescenton. Boba Fett says, you can have Black Crescenton back. Yeah. Twins are like- Oh, because they capture him, right? They, they capture him after yeah. they, they, yes. they subdue him. They said yeah. uh, the twins are basically like, eh, we don't want him back. You can, you yeah. can hand him into a bounty yeah. and get yeah. your money.
1: So, what was and, the point of all that? Like, so they, could they, they just cut that out? Like, could- was there any point in that at all? Because I he had to pull him out of the back to tank. <laughs> I-, I think the twins couldn't. Could it, the Chris- <laughs> couldn't just be hired by the pikes? Yeah, so that's yeah. what. Actually, and couldn't they just t- have turned him? Yeah. I
4: feel like Chrysanthem. Well, initially, the, the what the twins say is you can send this wookie back to the gladiator pits, which is a direct callback to the comics, is where Chrysanthem and Boba Fett meet for the first time. So there is some history. These guys have some history, and. um you kind of see Berber Fett call back to that when he releases Chris Anton literally saying, You're free to go, don't work for these guys. If you want if you're looking for money, don't 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 get hot jobs. So yeah. he releases he just really he, he doesn't even hire him himself. Yeah, I don't he think he's that trusting. Go. Someone yeah. tries to kill you, don't hire them.
3: I just find it so, funny how he like does a like a slow jog away. Like yeah. he's like, go. <laughs> he's like, go. And then he's just like, Okay. Slow jog. <laughs> he's just like, Are you really letting
4: me go? Is this some sort of like a Shawshank Redemption scene where I'm running and you shoot me from my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that, that then and then the twins gift Boba with a rancor, that's yes, baby yeah. rancor and oh yeah that who's manned by Danny Trejo yeah, yeah. which, which is, is such an interesting and cameo. he
3: never returns does he no it's oh just, no
1: he's in the next episode yeah he helps him train it a little bit yeah and then yeah. he just disappears and actually then, that's in this episode yeah 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 it's not yeah yeah. yeah
4: and and you see him in the present day that's what he's kind of focusing his time on now the rancor he's Boba Fett's, like he's quite adorable with the Rancor. It's like a puppy for him.
1: I have some thoughts about the Rancor in the last episode. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, as well, yeah. yeah, for me though, the Hutts should have been the main villains in this series. Like, why wouldn't you make them the main villains? It's that, like that
4: would have been that would have been perfect because the Huts yeah. are very good villains. Yeah, like you don't know what they think you can't stand them really. I feel like the reason why they didn't go that way is it's the predictable route. Because Jabba was the main player beforehand. I and mean, they make another hut, the villain. It's like, oh, okay.
2: To make a what? crime
4: syndicate, the actual yeah. fallback. And they, and they didn't reveal it initially. It's like when the bike gang sign was sprayed onto the side of the Tuscan Raiders, I was a little bit suspicious because in previous lore, it said that the Tuscan Raiders are very, very capable. Like they can hold their own. They can defend themselves. They've been known to wipe out gangs of Jawas and gangs of stormtroopers as well in the original film. So to say a bunch of bike riders, like a a little bit sus. It it felt a little bit sus. So I thought there there could be something else happening here, like a false flag attack. And that's when you kind of get to the point where the job, the, the, the huts wouldn't do this, but there might be something more insidious, like a crime syndicate or something like
1: the The reveal was very, like, it's not even a reveal. It's just like, Oh, it's these guys. Well, they just say it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's these guys. It's just, oh, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And he just says it like, you know, when like villains just say their plan.
1: Yeah. It's like
3: that. Like, oh, like we, we killed the Tusken Raiders and like for no reason. Like there was no context. That wasn't revealed until the end, right? Yeah. 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 And he says it. He doesn't even say it to Boba Fett. He says it to To another character character, that comes up later and he says that back to Boba Fett. So it's, it's kind of like relayed through people. But anyway, at the at the end of episode four, uh, seemingly Boba Fett gets his revenge. So he goes and kills this. Well, turns out to be an innocent biker gang. Yeah.
4: Well, the the Niktos, that's right. Nikto yeah. biker gang.
1: Well, they didn't commit. <laughs> they're that not. commit they are they are not completely innocent, yeah. buddy. Yeah. They didn't commit that
3: out. crime. Oh yeah,
5: yeah. So in I don't know
4: where, but earlier on we see them uh, harassing people in the Toshi station. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah they yeah. kind of so rough up not, some people and.
3: They're not completely innocent, but they didn't have to also die for this because yeah. he was killing them for yeah. about something. He completely something. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Completely masochism. Also, quick callback, I know there are some Star Wars fans saying the, the couple they harassed in that little station back in episode two. Yeah, that's right
3: because I had were, a bit of a sequence with them where they're like... Yeah, so yeah, they were yeah.
4: apparently Luke Skywalker's childhood friends who we see in the deleted scenes of uh, the original Star Wars film. And you that's
1: too much of a deep card.
4: <laughs> it's, it's, it's an extreme. Yeah. <laughs> because this one was directed by... I think it was directed by John Favreau.
3: The second one. Uh, let me double the, check. I think.
4: I he yeah. It was such a left field reference. It was like if you saw if you saw the deleted scenes, Luke literally is like mingling with college friends who are like, "Oh, you're going to the academy? Yeah, I'm going to fly to the academy." And they're like, "Oh, I'm just going to stay here and farm." Like, there's a girl, there's a guy in a leather suit, and then there's uh, you know, his his other pilot friend, Wedge, Wedge Antilles is with him, and it kind of looked out of place. I, I understand why they removed it. Because it looked a little bit too provincial. Like, oh, he's just in his school town with his school friends. But these guys brought back in, yeah. in this episode. And it's like, if you knew who they were, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, they, they cast different actors. and they I made was them wondering look why similar.
3: they... Because they, they do spend a little bit of time, like not a lot, but they kind of show them. Show them yeah. and you kind
4: of like empathize with them. Like, yeah. oh, they're just a couple. Leave them alone. And then these guys come and rough them up. But comes to the rescue and smash them with the a yeah. gaffy stick. I was about to say Gaddafi stick. <laughs> That's the wrong kind of stick. Um, but, yeah, no, sorry. Sorry for- re- uh, There's a lot of rewinds in this yeah, episode. Just because there's, there's, there's things I not remember. A yeah. lot of
3: content. Um, So, that was in Chapter 3? I believe so, yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Chapter 3 was directed by Robert Rod- Rodriguez. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep, yeah, So uh,
4: And then you see him exacting revenge on the Nyctos Baka gang with his uh, ship, ship now, the yeah. Fire Spray. By the way, can we talk about the name about the ship? So yeah, originally it was change. called the slave two. Slave one. Slave one. Slave one. Sorry. Now that's what it was referred to in the original trilogy and, and the prequels as well. There's been a little bit of controversy about calling it the slave because it has certain connotations. So they now referring it to the actual model, which is fire spray, a fire spray gunship. Okay. Right. And there's been a couple of, t- a couple of people like unhappy that they're somehow being, you know, uh, changing that's- the name, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I feel like the the name is like it's calling the millennium falcon the millennium falcon not like a Carillion, uh freight ship carrier right it's the same level of detail to calling it, i think so they call it a fire spray in this i feel like it's a little bit it's a little bit more accurate to the to the to the lore or how they've been calling other ships like they call mandalor the mandalorian ship in oh, i forgot what what it was called, they, called they 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 use the model name they don't use like a a pet name for it it's yes. called
1: a starts with an r but the yeah. Razor Crest. Razor Crest. Yes. Yeah, and that's the model yeah. name, right? But that's just Star Wars fandom for you, isn't it? They're just. Anytime something is changed that they don't agree with, then they're just going to be like, oh, that's bullshit. You guys are woken. Yeah, <laughs> you're a yeah, PC culture. And I, yeah. yeah, I, I think yeah.
4: there are examples where the fandom can be really, really good, really great, really mm-hmm. warming and accepting. Other times when. It can be too easily divided. This is a non-issue for me. Yeah, it's just a name. Yeah. after
3: all. So
5: yeah.
1: And what does it affect really? How's yeah. this going to affect the greater Star Wars universe? That a ship is called what? What? What are they calling it? The firecracker. The fire The,
4: the firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> <The> fire <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that one thing I will say though is that they. They've kept the original sound effects and the original design and everything. It was really awesome to see it in action again. And I never get sick of the uh, seismic seismic uh, charge. Mm. Yes. When they release yeah. into the like and they destroy the crap out of it. That was cool.
3: And Fennec Shan basically just says, looks like she doesn't really have anything better to do. So she's mm. just like,
1: yeah, I'll just come along. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> after, after she what them. did you guys think about that relationship? I kind of like them together, like they go off well together. But that part where she like kind of just says, yeah, I'll stick with you. I didn't feel that was earned. I I, I just didn't feel like it was legitimate.
4: I would have loved to have seen some conflict, like some actual, like, you know, team progression, there's always the norming, the storming, the forming, and then the performing, right? Typical typical uh, key elements. And I feel like the fact that we didn't see any conflict immediately, they were like, "Boba saves Fennec and then she's forever in his debt.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I, I just didn't buy it. It would have been it would have yeah. been really
4: cool if he saves her, right? Obviously. She's indebted to him, but that causes conflict. So she goes away, and then there's another element that draws them back together again, and that that creates a stronger bond. So you kind yep. of believe it. The loyalty that the the whole point of Boba Fett's new approach of, you know, to be respected and not feared is to form a loyal group. And there's a word they use in this to describe the different clans. It's a really interesting word. They say Gotras to have the different Gotras involved, like the trandoshans have their Gotra and the Aquilesh have their Gotra. The it's an actual it's, it's it's a Sanskrit word actually. Gotra, correct pronunciation, which means clan, or you know the blood clan or whatever. Yes. And Boba wants his own Gotra, and the first person to establish it with was the Tuscan Raiders initially. Since he lost his dad, he never had a family. This is the first time he gets a family and then he forms a nice bond with all of them, the kids, you know, the, the warrior and the, the tribe's people. They're all massacred. That leaves a massive hole for him. So I think Fennec is his first redemption to try and make a new one. Then he, he he tells everyone he wants to create a new clan of people in Mos Espa, become the Major domo. It's really cool to see that progression. And this is where I think a lot of the fans had a schism. They didn't like the character progression of Boba Fett. They thought, this isn't the mysterious master warrior we were led to believe would have a really cool story. This is a completely changed, soft, pacifist person who's now mm. choosing peace. And I I don't agree with that, but I understand why there's, why there's that viewpoint of, oh, they've kind of watered him down.
3: No, a lot of people are saying that, like they've sanded his rough edges. Like, you know when you first see him in Mandalorian, he's like absolutely killing the... Uh- He's, like, swinging around the, the stick and, like, breaking helmets and stuff. Oh, yeah, he's
4: ganking. <laughs> yeah. Stormtroopers like crazy. So, that, yeah. I
3: think people were expecting that, like, that kind of brutality from him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: I, I, <laughs> I find it interesting that people accepted his, his appearance and the way they portrayed him in Mandalorian, that he was violent when he needed to be calculated, and when he had the armor on, he was a complete badass. But, yeah, they didn't see as much of that Boba Fett in the Book of Boba Fett. And I understand, I understand that concern, but at the same time, I feel like they wanted to change his motivation for war, or yeah. his motivation to fight. He, they didn't want it to be this, this uh, bounty hunter.
1: Well, if they do that, it's just the Mandalorian again, which I understand. That would have just been, well, if you could do it, do it in the Mandalorian, I guess, because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: and, and yeah. there are some connecting threads in their, yeah. their their ancestry and that kind of stuff. But Boba Fett is a bounty hunter who wants to become a leader. Whereas a Mandalorian is a Mandalorian who wants to become more than that, like he doesn't. He, there's a lot of conflict. Actually, you don't know which way he's being pulled. So it's it's interesting to see how they've taken this decision of of doing his character. And then in this episode, when he when he fires back at those Nixter speed bikers and he's massacring them, and he you see the rage in his face. I feel like that's the first time you, I caught a glimpse of the man behind the mask, because you see that rage come through, and it's like, okay, that's scary.
3: And you know uh, that shortly after that, he, that's when he goes and gets his suit back as well. And that's the sequence in, correct. in The Mandalorian. Correct. So, yeah, were still kind of back. Yeah. rage-filled. But maybe yeah. after that, that's when he starts to reform. And he becomes in this, he is a different character. Oh, right? he's a different man entirely. Yeah. And
4: I, I feel like that was an intentional choice. That he... Yeah, before then, he had no family. He gained a family after he was rescued from the Sarlacc pit. And it was... In many ways, it's a rebirth, right? He died. Like, look, look where him being a Boba Fett... Look where him being a shadowy figure in the original series got him. He got knocked out by his blind...
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods. All at 50-80% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
4: Dude fell into the Silek pit. Didn't get him far for all these exploits. I think this is trying to say, okay, if that doesn't get you far, what do you need? You need people who are close to you. You need loyalty. You need friends. That's how you can make it big.
1: But saying that, I didn't buy that any of the people that were his friends were actually his friends. Well, like they say they're his friends. It's like, what did you do to gain their trust? Some of them, I can see it. But where you see Fennec Shand and Boba Fett in season two of The Mandalorian at the start of this show, that episode four is meant to take you from there to there. It doesn't. Like, yeah, you yeah. can't that, see that loyalty. That
4: emotional connection. I, 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 yeah. don't, I don't think it's a lack of the actor's performance. No, I think it's, it's just, just the way the they've written the story. They, yeah. they, there's certain things they could have made it to a little bit, little bit more
3: cohesive, I reckon.
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely.
3: Cool. So, anything else from the first four I, episodes? I, I
1: think they should have spent two episodes on the Fennec Shan and Boba Fett yeah. relationship.
4: You know you know what I think it is? They mm. don't go into Fennec Shan's history at all. They
1: don't. Yeah. You and don't. That, know, yeah.
4: They do they touch on it in uh, Clone Wars uh, Bad Batch a little bit, where she's younger. They touch on it in she Mandalorian
3: by uh, the same same actor. in
4: oh, I I don't know. I believe so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, it sounds Ming like Na it Nguyen. is actually. I mean, yeah. it would be really cool if they, yeah, if they fleshed out that development and then actually made it made the characters feel emotionally invested in that in that duo, right? I think they tried a, a hard to make sure that it wasn't a romantic. It didn't come off as a romantic relationship that, oh, she's indebted to him and, you know, it's more so that she's a professional, she has a debt to pay, but she's not leaving after the debt is paid, technically. She's still like, well, you know, I'll see where this goes, which, yeah, it's probably not good enough for a lot of people.
1: It was all right. (laughs) It could have been better.
3: Yeah, I think they could have done maybe Mm -hmm. another episode because uh, at this stage in the season, they kind of- So, like you said, there's there's no more flashbacks, so that's done. They've kind of caught up- with the current conflict, Yep. and at the end of episode four, they hint at they they need to get some extra muscle. That's what they say. Yeah, uh, they need yeah. to get some extra muscle for for the upcoming conflict. And there's already a hint at the ep- end of episode four that Mandalorian could be making a return because there's a music cue. Yeah,
4: the Ludwig Göransson cue for the Mandalorian comes in that when he when they mention extra muscle and it's yes. like oh no actually when Ming-Na says. I think I know of someone. Yes. And yeah. it's like, ah, we, we know who this is talking about. Yeah.
3: And then episode five. Um, so, it, it is episode five of the Book of Boba Fett, but it's also kind of like episode one of Mandalorian season three. Season three. three yeah. the
4: return of the Mandalorian. Yes.
3: This one is directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, and it is literally, Boba Fett is not in this episode. He's not in it. No. Yeah. Nope. This is, uh,
4: this is, this is quite literally Mandalorian season three. Season yeah. 2.5. The moment you see him...
1: I would say binge watching this show, this episode felt really out of place, just randomly in there. Watching it week to week, it would have been less random, because it's just like, oh, yeah, watching week to week, it's a different episode, it comes through. But watching it as a story progression, like episode after episode, and then it's like, oh, wait, this is a shift. It's like Boba Fett isn't even in this episode. And it's you know a, what it's yeah.
4: it's not just because of yeah. the fact that he appears the entire directing style the storytelling the pace yeah. felt like this is a Mandalorian yeah. yeah and it's also
3: got nothing to do with the conflict that they've
1: set yeah, up yeah it's like, got it's- nothing it's got zero relevance to yeah, anything yeah. previously
4: basically if you've been yeah. wondering what Din Djarin's been up to this is the episode yeah. to catch up on if, but you do, if you don't care about book of boba fett you just wanted to see what's happening with the Mandalorian storyline this is like literally just start watching. I told Kiri, just watch mm. episode 5 yeah. You'll get invested in, in what's happening out I center honestly
1: center. think you could not watch the first four episodes of Boba Fett and or only watch the last three, and you will get the story. You won't, There's nothing in the first four episodes that, like you'll get some character development, I guess, and some backstory, but there's nothing you'll need for the future if you miss the first four episodes. You can start from this point onwards, and you'll be fine.
4: Yeah, you, you might miss some context. Like where did that walkie come from?
1: <laughs> but where the Wookiee come from doesn't matter because he has no story anyway. So it's yeah, just yeah. this guy's a Wookiee. Yeah, yeah, you got these guys with eye patches and shit. It's like, yeah, who it's cares? <laughs> yeah, that's true.
4: But yeah, it's, it's it's it's. I think everyone was expecting to see the Mandalorian, yeah, in some form or another. It's like, oh, well, you know, he Bubba Fett appeared in Mandalorian. We're gonna we're gonna probably see a reverse cameo here. I don't think anyone expected to see this level of. Depth, like diving into what's happening with the Mandalorian. This was nuts.
1: I felt they should have kept it for a Mandalorian Season 3. I think this episode could have been the first episode of Mandalorian Season yeah. 3.
4: Oh, I would not yeah. have been. Dis- As a random episode, this was mind-blowing. Episode 5 by Bryce Dallas Howard. Like you see him coming for a bounty to collect someone. Straight out of the gates, he straight up massacres everyone in this room. You know, brings out the Darksaber and you're like, holy cow, this is not. We've never seen this violence in season one or season two of Mandalorian. You know, he goes nuts. Uh, he gives this person fair warning, but it's a straight callback to the first episode of Mandalorian. You know, bring I can bring you in cold. hot, I can yeah. bring you in cold. He, I, I'm pretty sure they even used the exact dialogue line. They just copied it straight from that episode one delivery and,
1: Interestingly, and pasted, it, pasted it into Interestingly, Pedro it. Pascal didn't shoot any of this. It was a uh, body doll for the whole thing. There you go. And he just and voiced it. He just voiced it, yeah. yeah just voiced it. Yeah. yeah.
3: That is incredible. Apparently yeah. even season yeah. one. Because apparently he was cast after they started shooting it for Season 1. So, even Season 1, he was not in the suit for most of it.
4: Yeah, I think it was because they yeah. knew that they didn't write him opening his helmet until the very last episode yeah. for the Season 1. So, they could work around that. And in this one, yeah, it feels you're right back into it. There's an amazing scene in that very first opening crawl where he takes his bounty. He goes back to where he's going to give the bounty. And there's like a continuous three-minute shot. That's in this episode where he's just on. He's on this elevator. He gets. Uh, he's, he's in this ring world, by the way, which is also really cool. That they just show a ring world like Halo uh, on this random platform. Finds this person, and it's a continuous three-minute shot of him taking the bounty up an elevator, going to a floor to this random club, giving it to the hair, uh, telling him, "I need the information on where the substrata is." Talk for a bit. He kind of. Refuses, plays a gambit, then finally gets the information he wants and then goes back down, and it's all one shot. And it it I'll tell you what, continuous shots like that really pull you into the immersion. Like you buy into the fact that this is some out-of-world place. It doesn't make you feel like you're just seeing one angle shot. Oh, this is some random CGI set. I don't care. They did it so well, it's like it kind of makes you question, how did they do this? <laughs> they must have done some really interesting camera techniques to kind of avoid having to actually build two layers, two levels. A really, really cool shot.
1: They use the volume. Yeah. It was the volume. So because he goes into the he goes into the elevator. Yeah. And then it goes up. Yeah. And then when the elevator opens, the volume just has a different background on. So yeah, the yeah, the elevator yeah. doesn't actually move. And then He's but th- then there's it. a
4: lot of uh like actors who are in this tech in, in this building that are walking around doing different things, but when you see the original shot of him walking into the elevator, there's no one there. So I feel like they must have as he, he walked in a segment, when he got into the elevator, I, I feel like the volume Actually, rotated the image reference so that they could then show him coming out, and it shows a completely different area of the volume where all these people are in. Yeah, it was done really well. I don't know exactly how they did it, but uh, it feels like when you, when as a viewer, you're questioning. Hold on, they couldn't have actually filmed this in a multi-layer complex. It then gets you kind of you're immersed into the whole setting, which is really cool.
3: And as we said, this is this is essentially a, a Mandalorian. It was almost jarring to see uh, the Book of Boba Fett title come up yeah. in this episode, you're like, this looks like a different different episode for a different show. An interesting uh,
4: thing is if you hear the theme playing, it's the Book of Boba Fett theme and the Mandalorian theme kind of fused into one. Yeah, yeah, It was really cool. Yeah. That,
3: that was a cool callback. What do you think of the Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett theme? I thought oh, it was good. I loved
4: it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's any theme that's like unique and the fact that they adapt it, it's not- a static theme played throughout the whole thing. They change it up. Each episode is, a, is unique. Intro scene. Yeah. This one has a really, really cool Mandalorian fuse. And then the very final theme is they actually change the words. They put in Mandalorian words and they put in Boba Fett mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I quite like it. The fandom picked it up on it. They started mashing up different remixes and stuff. So. <laughs>
3: I think Mandalorian, the Mandalorian theme is still great, but um, this one's this is pretty good as well. So, there's a lot of uh, stuff in this episode around the Dark Saber. Uh, whether he's should be the the wielder of the dark saber because yeah. there's this other so do you know who this other character is? So yes, they, yeah, Book Tancrez.
4: That's what oh she's referenced. Yeah, and uh, this so the lore of the dark saber starts from the Clone Wars. The first time you see it is in the Clone Wars season five, where you see a sect, a terrorist sect of the Mandalorians called Death Watch, right, who are descended from the original Mandalorian Jedi or the first Mandalorian Jedi, uh, Tarvisla who created the Darksaber, which you see that in the lore. But the actual story of the Darksaber is started in the Clone Wars, fleshed out a lot in Star Wars Rebels towards the second and third seasons, and then you don't see it at all, and then suddenly it makes a random appearance in Mandalorian Season 1 finale, where you see Moff, Moff Gideon. Moff
1: Gideon. Oh, but Season 1 yeah, finale. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah. you see it actually... Yeah. Being
4: one in in yeah season two, correct? Season two, and then you you start. Yeah. To, you Bokatan
1: see- is in season two. You know who Bokatan no,
3: no, is. No, no, I was referring to that other character. No, no, that's
1: just a random bloke.
3: Oh, Pavizla. Yeah, Par yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He says his ancestors? Were oh, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Pavizla, yeah.
1: pa not previous. I think it's just a random bloke yeah, that he but, kills. But he has yeah. a
3: name. Yeah,
4: he, yeah, I th- he has a name. I'll make sure I get it right. But um, yeah. So, Din Djarin walks into the substrata and meets the armor again. Sees the armorer sitting in this weird. Uh, ramp off into space, and what we learn is there's only two who survived that purge on Navarro: the big, the big, big dude, um, and the armor who's played by Emily Swallow. I'm pretty sure the big dude's played by John Favreau. Is that right? Okay. Did well,
3: he, did he play it? Let me check. He could, might have. His his body shape looks like John Favreau's. So.
4: Yeah, Pavisla Yeah, that, that's that's the dude's name. Yeah, and I'm I'm quite sure John Favreau played his, his physical uh his his physical representation, and so. Din Djarin comes back and the first yeah, we go straight into the Darksaber lore. It's really, really cool. At this point in the show, I'm lost I'm losing my mind. I'm like, what am I watching? This is the Mandalorian season three. Yes. Yeah. And they start diving into the the the, the, the fable. You know, it, would,
3: it would have been imagine it was Actually, Mandalorian season three. Like it, it that, actually, even yeah. then,
4: even then, if I'm watching Mandalorian season three and this is happening, yeah. I'm still losing my
3: mind. It's just like as in mid-season, they actually switched to another show. That would have been like,
4: yeah. What are you? Doing? Every every reviewer on YouTube that I've watched is just like, this is Mandalorian season three. They're yeah. watching it, and um, even the
3: title cards, like it just comes up with Mandalorian. That would have been. Yeah. But the, no the, one would have expected that. I think yeah. br-
4: the the fact it was not just Bryce Dallas Howard that did this. There's a lot of attention to detail to the lore. Pavizla, when when the armor is like, hand me, hand me the dark saber. It just the shot goes onto Parvisla and he's just like carrying the dark saber like it's a holy relic. He knows the significance. Everything. There's so much attention to detail in the way that they've uh, so followed the characters.
1: It's Tate Fletcher that plays him, and Jon Favreau does the voice.
3: Ah, uh, voice. Yeah,
1: nice. nice.
4: Yeah, I, I love that whole sequence. And then the story of you know, it's set the whole law. It's said that the Mandalore, We'll yeah. carry this and we'll re- reignite uh, the flames of, you know, of, of basically we'll re-restore the Order of the Mandalorians. Yeah, as, as a Star Wars Rebels fan, i got to say, I wasn't expecting the callbacks to some of the story elements here. Um, it, it goes on from that and then one tragic thing is they end up burning the Beskar Spear. He, he surrenders that uh, and the armor says something very interesting, like the Beskar <laughs> is never meant to be used as a weapon because it threatens Beskar armor. It could, that spear could pierce Beskar armor, which is a danger. So he said you you should only make shields from it. Or those whistling birds, which aren't strong enough to pierce armor, I guess. So he says,
3: uh, make it into a. Then forge it into armor. Yeah. And so, yeah, it gets destroyed. But, um, so how did that much spear become this much armor? Like, I'm sure there was leftover. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there was leftover. <laughs> she pocketed it. Yeah, She yeah. pocketed that one. He, I
4: think he, every time he's
3: given uh,
4: the armorer uh, – by the way, we don't see the armorer at all in Season 2 of Mandalorian. This is the first time we're seeing her since Season 1, I'm pretty sure.
3: I think so, yeah. You, yeah, you definitely see her towards the end of – like in Season 1, and she's in the finale of Season 1, right? When they're going yeah. through the canals. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, so it's been yeah. a long time. Great to see her again. And yeah, she's every time Din Djarin's given some armor, he's always said, give it to a foundling. Give it to a foundling. Whatever you have left over, just make, make armor for a foundling. And this time he requests armor for his foundling. Yes. Grugl. And uh, there's a really, really cool sequence here where the armor is like, the Jedi's are taught to you know detach from their attachments and they're not really meant to hold on to these connections. So what are you doing, Din? And Din's like, I'm Mandalorian. We hold on to our kin. We believe in loyalty. And she's just like,
2: what shall Good I
4: for? <laughs> <laughs> Told you bitches. Like- <laughs> no, that was, that was cool. That was a cool callback. Yeah. Um, but she, she, she doesn't, right before she dissolves it, there's a beautiful flashback sequence of the destruction of Mandalore mm. where you go into like how, what actually happened during the purge. Yes. And we, yeah. we hear callbacks to this where Moff Gideon talks about the, Night of a Thousand Tears, where the Mandalorians were purged. So I
3: think you mentioned this in our Mandalorian Season 2 episode. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the reason when he says that, actually, in the I think in the episode it's mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I remembered our discussion from last time. So
4: By the way, all these elements are actually unique to the show. We don't actually hear about this in any of the animated shows. We know there's been, a, like, multiple civil wars where Mandalorians have fought between each other, and we know that at some point Mandalore was wiped out or people were wiped out. There's not much detail. There's a lot of detail being provided in these shows. So this flashback that we see is the first hint that we get at the, the genocide of the Mandalorian civilization. We see the destruction of a Mandalorian city. I think it is Sundari from the animated shows. We actually see the capital of Mandalore. I'm pretty sure this is the destruction of Sundari, which is another Sanskrit word. A lot yes. of, of influences coming from the uh, subcontinent there. But, um, yeah, it's brutal. Immediate visual callback to Terminator 2, I felt like, where you see the K2SO droids like, in the beginning, shooting, right? shooting the you yeah. actually see Mandalorian bodies on the on the ground. It's pretty devastating, and yeah, yeah that's a cool callback.
3: And he does have a duel with this character uh, that we just just discussed before. Oh yeah, Par, Parvisla straight uh, out
4: yeah. of the gate is like <laughs> maybe it doesn't
3: belong to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it gets so does it get heavier if you're not like using it properly or something? It gets uh, yeah, it feels yeah, heavier. Yeah.
4: So right before Parvisla challenges, we see a kind of dueling sequence where the armor is kind of teaching the Mandalorian how to duel, and she's counting in Mandalorian like one, two, three, four. These are the four forms of the Jedi. One, two, three, four. But she's she's speaking in Mandala. So I think it's like these four forms have some commonality. And it's a direct reference to Star Wars Rebels, where Sabine, who's also a Mandalorian, is being trained how to wield the Darksaber by Kanan, which is a Jedi Knight. And it's a very, very similar sequence, where he's like one, two, three, four. And initially she finds it easy when she starts getting emotionally triggered it becomes really heavy it is heavy for Din in this you can see him struggling even in the opening sequence of this episode he actually injures himself he cuts off a slice of his leg really stings and it's heavy as hell for the entire training sequence and the armorer says something really interesting It's Din's like this is really heavy and it's like that's because you're fighting against the blade not me and that's pretty much the premise of the blade it's like it is an ancient weapon it is very heavy. It's for, it's made out of like uh, the purest beskar, so it's very, very heavy. But the the law goes that the one who's meant to wield it, if you're connected in body and mind, then you'll wield it. If you if you if your will is straight, doesn't have to be good. If it's straight, if it's synced with you, it will not be heavy. A reminder: Moff Gideon uses weapon without any difficulty at all. Right? It's it's just a callback. He's not a Mandalorian. He's not any, but he had a vision and he carried that out to perfection. No emotional trauma, like, oh, what do I do if I don't succeed? No, nah, none of that. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to fuck up some Mandalorians and s- kill off uh, this this little baby Grogu, put him in like little shackles and stuff. He was committed. Uh He had no problem. And I think that's why he found it heavy. It was just, there's a lot of personal trauma and stuff that he's trying to process, Din Djarin, and he's still very attached to Grogu. So he challenges Par pa They a duel, really cool epic duel. He still beats Pavisla And then the armor is like, randomly he's just like have you ever removed your helmet Pavisla?" he's like no nope, never how about you and you remove your helmet and there's like silence yeah. and he goes oh actually i have and then she's like well then you are no longer a mandalorian because they are they're of the really hardcore sect of mandalorians so you remove your helmet you're no longer mandalorian it's like you're, you're done so he says that and then immediately he's like how do i atone and then she says the only way to atone is to bathe in the pristine waters underneath the on, uh, in on the lakes of Mandalore." And he says, "But all the lakes underneath the mines have been destroyed." And then the armor just says, "This is the way," which is hinting that you have to go there. So that's it. That's his. He, he's he's ex- 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 he's pretty much exiled from the from this little group, yes. and he has to go and find a way to redeem himself, which is he has to go to Mandalore. It's pretty heavy. The Next thing we see is we just go straight to Tatooine on a on a barge, carrying the 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 on a commercial gift, flight. On a commercial flight. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, because he doesn't have a ship. His ship was destroyed. Um, in the end of season two of Mandalorian. So he's flying to Tatooine, gets there, meets uh, Amy Sedaris's character, the uh, mechanic, and that's a really cool sequence. Uh, we also see
3: uh, oh, and they build a, a ship for him. They build a ship. Uh,
4: oh, yeah. we, we see BD. We see a BD-7 model droid making a little cameo. If you've played the uh, Jedi Fallen Order video games, you'll notice that's a really cool callback. But he he comes there because uh, the mechanics tell told him uh, I've got a ship for you. I've got a Razor Crest for you, and so he flies back. Meets with her and then she's like, Oh, well, I've got a ship that can replace the Razor Crest. And he's like, That's not what we agreed upon. So she's like, oh, Just have a look. So she reveals the ship. And I think fans of the prequels will immediately recognize it's a Naboo Starfighter, which is a really, really cool callback. No one was expecting it to be a Naboo Starfighter. I thought it might be a pod racer when I saw it. He's immediately like, Nah, fuck this. I'm not, I, <laughs> I want a Razor Crest. I'm out. And she's like, Hold on a second. This is actually pretty rare. It's pre Empire. So you don't have to give codes. It's fast. I'll make it really good. There's a lot of. You know, black market parts that we have, so I'll, I'll get that. There's an and then there's like a ten minute sequence where they actually start building the ship together,
3: um, and they manage to acquire a lot of parts that he wants. As well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's a
4: funny sequence where she talks to the Jawas, like literally speaking their language. That's all funny. Uh BD Seven helps out, and then they finish this whole Naboo starfighter. It looks amazing, nice chrome finish, mm. Uh really reminiscent of Star Wars Episode One. Like when he's trying out the pod racer, he gets in, they test it out. He shoots off into the, into the distance and it's the sound design in this sequence is amazing. Like straight out of, uh, you know, the pod racer sounds from episode one. And this whole sequence is like a nostalgic callback to, you know, Tatooine, Beggars Canyon, the Phantom Menace. If you're a fan of the Phantom Menace, this is an amazing thing. He flies into Beggars Canyon, tests out the maneuverability. This ship is a speed demon. Really, really cool. Flies up, gets arrested by two X-Wing police officers and like, ah, you're going a bit too fast there.
3: And one of them happens to be one that we encounter in Season 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, callback
1: to uh, Mr. Kim. Mr. Yes. Kim. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's still so jarring when I see him speaking in a- his actual accent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 cool. It's, uh, it's a nice callback. And then he obviously outguns them at one point when they ask to see – I think he asked him, did you used to fire a Razor Crest, by the way? Just want have some questions. And yeah, yeah. Like, Press, and the then you boost, just- press the boost button and go flying off yeah. the distance. Have you guys ever played uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, like on the like video games? No, no. This like when he was flying through Tatooine on a boost starfighter, immediate callback to Star Wars Rogue Squadron on the Nintendo sixty four. Oh, yeah. If you put in cheat codes, you can actually get a starfighter and fly around, and it felt like it felt wrong <laughs> because you're playing a prequel era ship in Tatooine. But this called back to that, and I was just like, oh man, this is such a cool thing. Uh, and the episode finishes with him landing, and then. There's Fennec Shand saying, by the way, we need help. And that's where it connects back to- And she gives of- him
3: money, but he's like, no, nah, so he'll do it for- Oh, for- it's on the house. Yeah. yeah. On the house. Yeah, yeah. because he- they really helped him out in season two. Yes. Mm.
4: And he's like, I'll help, but first I got to take- I-, I need to visit on a,
3: a friend. Yes. Says. And that leads into episode six, which is also another- Is both in this one? At he's at the very end. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, it comes at the end. But this is, again- this is like almost a third narrative. So we've got like Mandalorian stuff in, yep. in the last episode. This is like Luke, Grogu, and even Ahsoka's in this as well. Yeah, um,
4: Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That, you didn't, you didn't miss here. Like it's, it's a serious callback from the the episode's called "From the Desert Comes a Stranger." Yes, so which is actually
3: different. a reference to the to end a, to another character. Actually, that, yeah. so. Luke Skywalker in this episode.
1: The Desert Strange yeah. is another bloke. Yeah, It's, yeah. An- it's,
3: not-, it's not Luke
4: Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a yeah. really yeah. foreboding title and it's yeah. a really interesting episode. This is a really interesting episode.
1: The CGI on Luke Skywalker is a lot better in this. Yes. Than well, you're very in- uh,
3: critical of it.
1: Last well, episode. it wasn't just me. There was a lot of people <laughs> yeah. that were critical. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. interestingly, uh, after that Mandalorian Season 2 episode came out, this guy online did a deep fake. Um, just some random bloke did a oh, yeah. deep fake. Put it up on his Shemuk. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. After they saw that deep fake, they actually Lucasfilm actually hired him. Yeah. And he did the deep fake on this one. Yes. Which yeah. is why it's a lot better. Yes. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: So if you actually watch the gallery, which is the making of season two, they were experimenting with deep fakes even during season two. They were about to use it. I think the consensus was at that time it was still an ethical grey area of like. Well,
1: no, but they have been experimenting with deep fakes for a long time. The first one they did was Rogue One, What oh, they that, did-
4: That was de- that was de-aging in CGI. They didn't use deepfake as a primary-
1: They de- did for, what's his name? Peter Cushing? Peter Cushing. Did they use deepfakes? Yeah, because he's dead. Yeah, yeah.
4: I, I feel like they must have incorporated technology, but when you see a deepfake, there is a kind of mix of uncanny valley, but at it the does, same time, yeah. it's like so good, you don't realize it was different. Peter Cushing's one, the reason why they shot most of it in like shadows and dark- was to kind of make, it was, was to it, give it a bit more buy-in. Yeah, because it was a lot of CGI. Same thing with Le- they Leia layer in the end of that.
1: This is a lot better though. What this, they this did is this good. is, yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. Mandalorian season two, they decided to focus on the traditional tried and trusted de-aging techniques, same techniques they use for Rogan and all the Marvel films, and it didn't have the same level of buy-in. It was really good, wasn't perfect. This, however, was stunning for a, for a couple of reasons. I think they decided to actually flip on the deep fake. They went they went full in. Um, I don't know I think the why they got Shamook on board was that they had Shamook had interesting discovery patterns that he used to get different materials. But Disney has in this documentary, they had, Disney has archival footage of Mark Hamill in doing interviews, TV interviews, shot hundreds of hours of different uh stills in Star Wars. So they used all that reference footage. And you can tell it pays off. That when I first, when you see the first close up and when he opens his eyes as Luke Skywalker, it's like, how did they do this?
1: The one thing they, they kind of changed, well, I don't know, they, he didn't talk much in the end of, do you talk much at the end of Mandalorian? I don't think he does. Very, if, yeah. very few of, lines. Yeah. But in this, he, whenever he's talking, they try and do it off screen so that you can't see his lips moving. Yeah. yeah, there's there, very yeah. little scenes where there's you very see few him. scenes. Yeah,
4: because speech is one thing that's one thing to get It's really difficult to get right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, did
1: smart. Yeah. Also, I, th- I I don't know if this is true. I heard his voice was an AI, but it's not actually Mark Hamill. That's, that's
4: correct. So they did yeah. it the, as a neural synthesizer. Yeah, where they feed in all the lines again. There's a lot of recorded audio of, of Mark Hamill. They feed in a lot of lines to so a neural synthesizer, and then they ask it to say certain words, and it spits it out. But you you're missing the emotional performance.
1: I heard it was well. I thought it was a bit stilted. Yeah, yeah.
4: If you listen very carefully, you can also pick up. I actually think Mark Hamill did a reference performance, and then they use that as the modulator for the neural synthesizer. So they actually combine Mark Hamill's performance with a synthesized version to get the best possible outcome. So the, okay. his voice is really convincing in this. Um, like,
3: is that because Mark Hamill sounds like
1: different? I think now? it's because he's older now. Yeah.
4: He's older yeah. now. But if you actually, someone did this, they actually recorded his voice and his cadence and his tempo, and if you just
1: mod- modulate. They I should have just used his voice, to be honest. It, I thought it was a bit stilted, his yeah, voice yeah. in this. Yeah,
4: there, there, there are certain nuances that get yeah. lost, but I feel like they actually combined as much as they could. And it was really cool seeing an animated deep fake with a physical uh, stand-in, Who the same guy who played the pilot in um, the previous episode who played the other pilot, right? He was the physical stand-in in the end of Mandalorian Season 2, and yep. he also was the stand-in for this one. They used a stand-in, but they did deep fake, a neural synthesizer for his voice. And on the other side, you have Grogu, who's an animated puppet. Yes, I felt it was really cool to see an animated puppet, a synthesized deepfake puppet, and it's like you're seeing. There's no one real here. Yes, but there's a lot of weight and And everything.
3: Everything random's not real either. So it's it's yeah, yeah. the whole environment is. But yeah, yeah,
4: that entire sequence when yeah, so Dinjaran goes back to this random planet to see Grogu. You see Ahsoka there. That's insane. The fact that you see Ahsoka there. Actually, no, you don't see Ahsoka first. You see Luke and Grogu. You see them doing their own thing, and I got to say as yeah, as a, as an old school fan this is a really emotional scene cuz this is what everyone was actually wanting to see when they went to see the last jedi mm. when we heard luke skywalker is coming back you wanted to see the old master you wanted to see the 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 person we read in the the uh, legends universe of you know training up students and being this being this um wild character that you could start developing even mark Hamill was like at the end of return of the jedi he's like the character's fulfilled he's now ready to teach and then you don't see him anymore they kind of cut the story where he's at his peak. and You never see him again. This is the first time you see him, and it's really, really awesome. The way he trains Grogu and talks to him and asks Grogu, what do you remember of your people? Like, he basically asks, do you... Oh,
3: and there's a bit is, of a is, flashback. Like, yeah. And he
4: talks about Yoda. Is like, I knew this one person. uh He looked like you. He always spoke in riddles, but he had the kindest heart. Do people speak like that at home? He's trying to gauge where Grogu's from, and then Grogu is like, completely blacking out, not knowing what's happening, and... It's like, do you remember back home? Would you like to remember? And then he makes he, he he's he's trying to read tries to read Grogu's mind, and then we get like a bombshell of a revelation that he's still remembering Order sixty six, where he see he was at the Jedi Temple when it happened, and that's blocking a lot of his memory, like that trauma of seeing his compatriots die. But by, by the way, he's fifty years old, Grogu. By the time the Order sixty six happens, he's twenty two. He's already been in the temple for twenty years, so who knows? how long he's been taught all this stuff and, and what he's kind of blocked off mm. memory-wise. But that, that's a really powerful scene. It's tragic. It's really tragic. Anyone who hasn't seen,
3: like, the prequels is like,
4: oh, crap, that's that's traumatic. <laughs> I <Like>, kind of <laughs> surprised at it. I was like, oh, damn, that's going deep.
3: No, all this was really, really good. Uh, like, this episode was was great as a, as a Star Wars episode, uh, just a Star Wars larger. There we go with your alarm... For some reason we always get his six pm alarm, you know, <laughs> his six pm alarm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no, but I thought it was it was a good like Star Wars episode. It was like it brings together a lot of different oh, yeah. things that we've seen across across think, the universe.
4: I think I a lot of a lot of fans would agree this was more of an emotional fan service roller coaster than the season two finale of Mandalorian. Because not only was everything better, but it was like the Luke carrying Grogu in a backpack, running around and doing exactly what he did with Yoda on Dagobah, doing flips and talking about jumping. Oh, man, it was like I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't ready for it.
3: It was so good. And I I remember last time when we met up for season two, Man -Man season two, you guys were saying Luke meeting Ahsoka is a massive deal, right? Huge deal. Yeah.
4: Like I was talking about how Anakin and Ahsoka meeting would be emotionally Yeah, and we were
3: saying, I think we were having a discussion that it would, like, they don't have to meet, but it would be a great fan service moment if they did meet. Yeah. And yeah. in this, they kind of just, like... They've already met. Yeah, they
4: just, yeah. We see them, like, <laughs> into that relationship, and then everyone's asked Chris, like, when did they meet? Did they talk about Darth Vader? Does, does, does uh, Ahsoka know that Darth Vader, Anakin, was redeemed? And we don't know any of that, and I feel like they're going to keep that. We, we kind of mm. get a hint that they've talked, and Luke considers Ahsoka as, like, an elder Jedi mentor, like an auntie, like a... Big sister, because, by the way, she's she was already like 18, 19 by the time she left the Order and Luke was born, so she's got at least 20 years on him. But that was a really cool dynamic that we see Ahsoka there. And Ahsoka puts this very plainly to The Mandalorian. It's like the fans want to see the reunion, by the way, between Din and Grogu. They want to see him hug and reunite. They haven't been together how who knows how long. And she basically puts it to things like saying, well, Grogu's here to train. He misses you a lot. If you saw him today to give this gift made out of Beskar, whatever it is. We don't know what it is yet. He's not going to be able to say bye again. Yeah. Right? You're, he had a really, you know, drawn out goodbye before. I don't think he could do it again. And he has to make the really hard decision of saying, okay, well, you give it, I won't see him. And then he flies off and then Grogu's like trying to reach out. Right? So yeah, it's kind of sad. But, um, but the whole point of the episode was to show what is Luke teaching Grogu? How is this? You see him building a school as well on this planet. Mm. It's got any, like droids
3: building it. Yeah, droids
4: building. Yeah. Any any keen eye observers will know that, uh, that in the Last Jedi we see a sequence of uh, even in the Force Awakens, there's a couple of flashback episodes, where, flashback scenes where you see Luke looking at a burnt down academy or school. Yes, it's the same place. Yes. Yeah, what this is ends up being the academy where Luke eventually trains Ben Solo and where he makes his mistake of uh, acting out on a vision that he had. So it's uh, there's a really cool scene where in this episode. By the way, we, we, I think we- do we go back to Mos Espa where they- um, for a second we go back to Mos Espa, I think. Some stuff happens. There's like a bombing. I think yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: The bombing's right at the end, so you go back to Mos Espa- what oh, happens sorry, is the, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian flies back, back to back. Mos, that's Mos right. Espa, that's right. he meets that's up right. with Boba Fett and stuff, and they're like, we need some extra muscle or whatever, then he goes to meet Cobb Vanth, Yes, and then he's like, oh, we need some extra muscle, and then- the blue dude comes out of the desert and oh, shoots. That, that happens yeah. before
4: all this bombing stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The blue
1: dude comes and shoots Corvant, and then the bombing happens. Okay, yeah.
4: so yeah. out of the desert comes a stranger. Is talking about
1: Cat, Cat Bane. Bane yeah. Yes.
4: And if you haven't seen the Clone Wars animated series, you might not make much sense to you who this person is.
3: Yeah. So that was me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I didn't know. Like, obviously, this guy's a big deal. Like, he's pretty, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's a he's a he's a big deal in that no decent, one expected
4: yeah. no one expected him to to be. Adapted into live live action. He's he's a he's a bounty hunter just like Boba Fett is, and he's a pretty ruthless bounty hunter. He has mm. defeated Obi Wan Kenobi in lightsaber combat at one point, which is really insane if you believe it. The circumstances were really weighed against Obi Wan in this case, and he's defeated Boba Fett in a draw in a in a, in a dueling gun draw session. Mm. That's why if you see Boba Fett's got his big dent in his helmet, that's yeah. from uh, that's from an old duel with uh, Cad Bane. So when the screen pans and you see this random silhouette in the distance. Immediately, I was like, is that Cad fucking Bane? Like, I was just like, <laughs> I, was, I was by myself and I was just loudly saying this out <laughs> and I just started, I got up and I looked at the screen. And if you watch a lot of these uh, reactions on YouTube, yeah. more people lost their shit about Cad Bane than they did about Luke being remastered that well yeah. because they were like, oh, they weren't expecting this character. And he's, he's voiced uh, by the original voice actor from the Clone Wars as well. So the buy in is perfect. He's very menacing and he's what you're trying to what what that what the he's a very skilled gunslinger right he can outpace a lot of people and what you, what what happens in that scene eventually is Cobb Vanth faces off against him Cad Bane is represent he's bought by the Pikes and he's saying just forget about it whatever Boba Fett's told you is a lie he's a cold-blooded killer He worked for the empire I don't believe his lies and then Cobb Vanth is like no we're not going to comply he straight up he's got Cobb Vanth's got his deputy Bane just wastes his deputy and wastes Cobb Vanth, uh in a in a in a duel. It's I don't know. Very if he, I, I don't Western. know if he kills. I don't know if he kills Cobb. It's a very Western inspired scene yeah. again. I don't think he, that's
1: man. in the last episode, but I don't think he's. Oh no, you're talking about uh, Cobb Vanth. Yeah, yeah, Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. Yeah. Yeah. He, he oh seems no, straight, he hit doesn't die. you see his shoulder, he he shoulder because yeah. he's in the end credit scene. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Of,
4: of
5: yes. the finale.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. at this stage, we don't know if he has or hasn't died. I think in this. I, I think we don't know in this episode. Because it gets shot yeah. and you don't see. Yeah yeah, 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 you don't
4: see. You just hear a yeah. reference to it. Yeah. Then right after this, you see two pikes entering the sanctuary with yes. uh, the uh, Twi'lek um, head of the sanctuary. They bomb it, killing everyone in the sanctuary. And um, immediately after the bombing, it goes back to the planet where Grogu and Luke are on. And there's a nice little detail where the screen transitions from burning, wipes up into the temple. So you kind of see there's a moment where the flames are kind of there with the temple, foreshadowing the future, what happens with uh, with the in, temple. the in the sequel yeah. trilogy, yeah, which people are trying to forget. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a beautiful scene here where Luke is sitting with Grogu in, in the thing, and he he says the Mandalorians left you a gift, gives him the bundle, but instead of giving it to him, he says, "I'll give you a choice. You can have this." Or you can have this, and he, he Or you can have out-
1: this cool lightsaber. <laughs> it belongs. It's, was it a smaller? <laughs> it's Yoda's lightsaber. Yeah, it's a smaller yeah. lightsaber, yeah. and he says it
4: belongs to Yoda, which is really cool because yeah. we, we don't we see his lightsaber falling in the end of Revenge of the Sith. He he must have kept it or found it. Um, and it's funny because
1: it. he really try. He's like, he's to You have, have this <laughs> shitty armor. We could have this cool lightsaber. He like takes it out, spins it around. He's like, Look at this. You want this, don't you? The funny thing is like the funny
4: thing is, he saw Grogu's vision that he had of Order 66. And in that you see people wielding green lightsabers being massacred to death. So you think there's some traumatic connection with lightsabers. And then the first thing he does in the training sequence is he does the flips. It's a really beautiful sequence. And then he turns on a lightsaber and does like different forms in front of Grogu. And it's like, I wouldn't bring out the lightsaber that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a bit... This is like a Jedi weapon.
1: and wonder he chose the other <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Nah. One,
4: one really interesting thing is that when Jedi Padawans learn, they don't actually... They're not given lightsabers. They build their own lightsabers. Mm. They go to Illum, which is a planet made out of kyber crystals, and they find their own crystal. I don't know if Ilum exists in this. I don't know if that planet's still there. In this one, he straight up offers a lightsaber. It's so like, you can have this. It's the Otis. It's your own people's lightsaber. And he presents his choice. If you choose a lightsaber, you will choose the Jedi way and you'll continue to learn in this art form, but you'll have to forego your personal attachment. But if you choose the armor, which a uh, nice little chameleon armor that uh, is designed for him, then you, you'll go back to your, your master and you will forsake the way of the Jedi. And the way of the Jedi is, is like, yeah, you, you don't give in to attachment, which is controversial because that is what kind of caused Anakin Skywalker to run to the dark side in the first place. You, you, and I think a lot of people hoped that Luke learned the lesson that it's okay to have a t- affection. You can love people. You can still hold people dear, Like he holds, he held like he, he went back to save Darth Vader yeah. because he had a connection to him. You can still love someone and not have an attachment towards them. Yes. It's a big life lesson. Like, like he, he, he had to burn him and let go of Darth Vader. Sure. But then to him for him to say okay to, to Grogu you're got to make a choice, I think a lot of people saw that as like, what is he doing? Yeah, and I think it was intentional because it's a foreshadowing of the mistake that Luke makes. It's a that foreshadowing
1: makes- that's a bad teacher. He's not really a gr- yeah he's not really a good teacher is he? <laughs> well, I
4: I think he's he he's passionate about passing on the Jedi way. Yeah, maybe the Jedi way is it's not, not completely right,
1: flawless. Which is. Interesting because that's what The uh, Last Jedi says and yes, yeah. everyone hates that movie. <laughs> well,
4: I think people have mixed reactions to it, but that's it essentially leads down that path of maybe the Jedi way is full of – there's a lot more hubris than what appears in the first place. Yeah. right. Not hypocrisy, but hubris in that sense of why why is this happening? So that, that brought something, the episode cuts at that choice that Grogu has to make mm. and uh, – I think yes. everyone,
3: everyone knows what he's going to choose. Before we get into the finale, just a, my thoughts on this episode. I think it was a good episode, but, and it's kind of smart by Disney. They did it in a, in a show that wasn't the Mandalorian season three. They did it another, yeah. another, another show. Yeah. But yeah. they've kind of, season two was all about getting Grogu to his people and, you know, finding a Jedi that, that can take him. All of that doesn't matter because he's gone back to, the Mandalorian now, so I don't know if they're gonna change this up a bit, but it feels like he had a little bit of training, and then now he's back with mm. Mandalorian. And season two was just
1: whatever. I felt like I, I felt like they should have he should have been with Luke for a bit longer as well. Yeah, if this happened at the start of Mandalorian season three, I think it would have been better earned because then at least you get two episodes in Mandalorian Season 3 where Grogu is still not with the Mandalorian. Yeah. But because now Mandalorian Season 3 is going to be right back with Gro- Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. 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 So, I don't think it's as well-earned. I, I think yeah. there's,
4: there's it's this a two-pronged approach. I feel like Disney wants people to watch the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So, they made this really significant episode, a couple of episodes to kind of draw people in. Second, I think they're planning something major with Season 3 of Mandalorian where maybe these two episodes would have felt a little bit too out of place if they plan to put it in a separate season with what they have in mind of what's going to happen in season three, the um, only reason why they, they would have made that decision to do all this stuff of bringing Grogu back, I feel like they have something big in mind.
1: Or maybe they don't think the Mandalorian is viable without having them together to start off with. So they're just like- Yeah. Yes, which, which, is
4: what, which is what you yeah, kind of yeah. see in, in mm. episode five, right? Yeah. Like I, I was I was wondering, where does Din Djarin go now without Grogu? What was his purpose before this? And it's this is weird tell between weird pull between oh the law of Mandalore, becoming something greater than he was meant to be, to be, being a bounty hunter, just going back to finding credits. What's what's his end game? And when he found Grogu, he found oh to be a father, to 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 lead this foundling and to raise him, and that was a really noble purpose. But there was a greater purpose send him to his people, so he can become a Jedi. But what matters in all this, which is really interesting, is that no one accounted for the choice of Grogu in this. And Ahsoka mentions it briefly, like saying, Grogu chooses his destiny. And I think in this one, that choice is representative of what he chooses is what he becomes. If he chooses to be a Jedi, then he chooses to be a Jedi. If he chooses to go back to the Mandalorian, that's his choice.
3: One more thing before we get into the final episode, because it's not really related to what happens in the, in the episode, but a lot of people are saying that the dark saber will actually go to Grogu. Oh,
4: yeah, just, I've heard it's of these. a little bit big. Yeah, He might not be big enough to wield it yet. Yeah, yeah. but he's also force sensitive. He's got, he's got a bit of Jedi and Mandalorian. He's like the first, he's like Tarvisla kind of. This, could this that Jedi cut it in half?
3: Or <laughs> does it like expand based on your size? Based on your know. size, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean the blade
1: length? Yeah. Because there's no way he could swing that. It's, <laughs> it's too big.
4: My my personal theory. I'll, I'll share it towards the end of <laughs> of the series. I, I think that it's gonna stay with Din Djarin for another reason entirely. For another reason entirely. but but I think Grogu has a massive part to play
3: in all of it. All right, we can get into the finale. This is when everyone comes together for the conflict.
4: Yeah, um, the crime syndicates are armed and ready. The different clans and gotras have said we're not going to interfere. We'll be neutral yeah and Boba Fett's like we've got muscle now believe
1: that that they were going to be neutral (laughs) uh, Boba Fett's an idiot for believing that would happen
4: I'm I'm pretty sure (laughs) even Boba Fett was like I call bullshit I need I need mercenaries (laughs) so he was that's why he got uh, the Mandalorian to come so he's got everyone there but
1: they're still surprised when they turn it's like I thought it's like I thought I thought we had them on our side it's like no they betrayed us It's like oh no so when when (laughs) the clans
4: eventually turn I was expecting to say I knew this would happen none of that
1: it's yeah. like, they're like surprised But you promised <laughs>
5: <laughs> It's like complete surprise <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah The finale was good I thought it was it, w- it was pretty well done But it does They kind of bring all these people together But then they kind of separate them again So they're in like separate parts of the town uh, So there's the biker gang They're doing their thing There's yeah, yeah. Um, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian Are together for a little bit But then they also split up for a, a bit uh, and then Din Djarin finds out that Grogu is in town <laughs> as well. Yeah, so um, Grogu ends up
4: choosing the Mandalorian, takes the yama, and the way he comes back is really hilarious. Yeah. Everyone
1: thought Luke would be in Luke there. Luke would cut, yeah, yeah. yeah. It I, I, even even would I, make sense if yeah. Luke was in there as well, yeah. which is, yeah. L- literally, you yeah. just
4: see, uh, the moment you see an X Wing flying into Tatooine, I you was like, holy shit, that yeah. Luke's coming back to Tatooine. Yeah. It opens up and it's just R2. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Uh,
1: They're saving it for something bigger. If they
4: brought Luke, it would have cheapened the scene because the attention would have been on Luke. You wouldn't have recognized. If Luke brought Grogu back and say, oh, he chose home, so I'm bringing him back. Yeah, it doesn't work out. When you expel a student, (laughs) I think you're sent off. You're not necessarily brought back. And um, I was reminded of Game of Thrones Season 2 when Daenerys goes to Carth. And the guy's like, maybe we see the dragons. And there's this meme where like, they show Daenerys shouting, like, CGI is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited about that. I feel like yeah. it's a bit too expensive to bring him back again. I think
1: they're saving him. Oh, evidently, they want to do a big team-up thing eventually. And I think I know who the villain's going to be for that. And I think they're saving. They don't want to bring Luke in now yeah, and then have the team-up in this yeah, fighting some random who, like, syndicate. Like, again, who's the villain? Yeah. Yeah. It's a crime syndicate. Yeah.
4: This is I don't no think one. you need Luke for this. No. <laughs> you yeah. could literally bomb them out of the sky with a Death Star yeah. it wouldn't matter. If anymore. Luke just, came,
1: just, like, he would have finished it in, like, two minutes. So, yeah.
4: If Luke yeah. came, I would half expect some resurrected form of Maul with, like, one limb and one thing sticking out yeah. just to come back and go.
1: Yeah. Nah, I no, think no. it was not a big enough yeah. scenario for
4: It was really yeah. surprising to see that, yeah, he just sent Grogu off by himself. I'm yeah. Like, That's a little bit cold-hearted. But then again, that's Luke, the Jedi Master.
3: Like, uh, I mean, he sent him with R2. Like, uh, yeah, we'll take uh, him. he trusts yeah. R2. He trusts yeah, R2. Take him. take him where he needs to go. That's cool. And then
4: the yeah. fact that he goes straight to Amy is like, well, what are you doing? You and she gives him, eat? like,
3: worms or something? Yeah, like <laughs> worms. Like,
4: and then, like, the moment you see him devouring those worms, you just know he's like, ah, oh, I made the fucking right choice. Right? Yeah.
3: He's, he's just like, <laughs> he's just devouring so I couldn't have worms. a single frog on that planet. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. That was good. That was well done. Uh, and meanwhile, while he's having those worms, like stuff's going down in the town. So, oh, stuff's yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, shits,
4: shits hitting the fan. Um, yeah. so they've got yeah, all these people guiding different areas of the town. There's a, there's a, even there's like a massive, uh, coordinated attack against Boba Fett and the clans. Yeah. So all of these neutral clans end up. It's turned out they're all bought by the pikes. So the Aqualish rebel, the Trandoshans rebel, uh, Black Rose with the Trandoshans. Like, who the fuck made that decision? He has beef with the Trandoshans. Like. Going back to when he was imprisoned, and you can tell he had this issue with the Trandoshans in the bar. And- oh yeah, yeah. Like, by the way, Black Chrysanthemum, you go and monitor the people you have a beef with, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like they all gang up against him and they fight him. It's uh, it's interesting, yeah. And they're surprised that they betrayed them. Like, come on, they should. Yeah, they, that- the
1: beef. no, no yeah. one should have been surprised by that. They should have planned for that and, yeah. and
4: like had some contingency. But yeah, yeah. So they they all fight back. The Gamorans are like. Cornered off a cliff, three hundred style, and, uh, and it's,
1: it's, it's absolutely off. hilarious. <laughs> and it's no tragic. one cares. <laughs> no that's, no, that's, no dude, one cares
4: after they die. If you go to the subreddit, people are mourning their death. Like there's, there's like Photoshop images of the, tra- of, the of the Gamorreans appearing as force force visions, like ghosts. Next, to, next to like Boba Fett looking at them.
1: But, but, <laughs> it's so funny. Boba Fett does not give a shit that they died. He's like, oh yeah, but they're all. He, at one point, he's like, they're all probably dead. He yeah. he probably yeah, thinks, yeah. When yeah. He, when,
4: he, when when he. When Black Chrysanthemum comes out of the corner, he's like, I thought you were dead. And he's like, well, yeah. he brings him back. Um, I just
1: loved how no one like mentions them after <laughs> they yeah, fall off the cliff. It's yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're gone. I think they're
4: <laughs> expecting, he was expecting everyone to have been killed by that point. The mods, yeah. Uh, yeah. Black and, uh, maybe not Fennec. you <laughs> know, <laughs> she can hold himself. And then they're all basically, they decide, or Boba decides to hold fort at the sanctuary that was bombed, yes. decides to hold fort here. And, uh, this is where they're going to make their stand. So they do that. All these pikes show up, right? To yeah. try and corner them at that point. And then all the other forces, the Nikto speed rider, basically they just come to them at this point and they start firing them and there's a bit, a bit of a standoff. And is this where the townspeople come in?
3: Uh yes. The free town guys? Freetown, yes. yeah, the free town yes, guys yeah. come in with a uh with yeah. a with a speeder. Yes, yeah.
4: Um, this whole sequence felt like a level off of Battlefront 2, by the way. Mm. Play played A lot yeah. of people
3: are saying it's like a It's
4: game. like a wave. It's literally yeah, like
1: it's a game.
3: Waves, waves and enemies. waves of enemies. Yeah. I, but these yeah.
4: pikes never, never fucking end. Um, Black Santa comes running out, being shot by pikes, and then Boba Fett comes and saves him in the last minute. And then, yeah, they're reunited again. But they're kind of cornered, and it's not good. Uh, and this is when all the forces draw back. But Din Djarin look, looks through his eye of eyes, and he notices mm-hmm. there's these massive droids coming in. Yeah. Uh, massive scorpion turret droids that are like, uh, they're
1: huge. They look like artillery droids. They're kind of like the droids in the prequels, those little spinny ones. Oh, uh, the because destroyers. They've got the shields. Yeah, yeah.
4: these ones have shields.
1: Yeah. Um, but those ones only have the shields at the front.
4: Oh, no, they, they have full shields.
1: Oh, but- was it just in the games where they only had it at the front so you could shoot them in the back?
4: Uh, no, no, no. So they, they, they always had the 360 shield. But the difference with the destroyers was you if you moved slow enough. Or if you've rolled like a thermal detonator, you could bypass the shield pretty easily. These ones are different. These ones, you can't even physically cross them, no matter how slow you go. Mm. So uh, you see these droids come in, they start firing at... The, they destroy the speeder and they all scatter. Two sh- there's two droids. They end up splitting the group. At this point, I felt the pacing for the episode was a little bit interesting. It wasn't yeah. off. It was just interesting that they chose that mechanism to kind of then bring in
3: the weight of it. I yeah. mean, it's, it's foreboding. It's interesting. It's different. And a lot of the main characters, they kind of split up. Like, Fennec-Shan's not even there. So
1: Fennec-Shan's like- not in it- most of the episode, interestingly. Oh, yeah.
4: because Boba Fett tells Fennec, go and find the she leaders of the She goes to kill clans. the Pike.
1: Yeah. yeah the the, the pike, yeah. yeah. And
4: I don't know where they get the information from, where they're all hiding out, but they get- It's I- the
1: mayor's servant, slithering oh, servant that guy. guy oh, that tells dude, that dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's, yeah. He's a funny character. Yeah. I think yeah. he
4: tells them where they're hiding out. She goes to assassinate them to kind of kill the leadership so they don't keep sending force or whatever. Yeah. We don't see her again for a while. These guys are trying to fight off the droids, and you see, you see people trying to breach the shields. Doesn't work. You see, uh, Mandalorian take out this dark saber and try and break it. Doesn't work. Energy is b- bouncing back forth. Nothing seems to work. Black is trying to punch it. Doesn't work. So you can't actually bypass these shields. They just have to keep at it, like keep firing at the shields and depleting their energy. So all the people are firing at these droids, which I kind of felt was futile. Like if, if it's not
1: depleting well, the shield. That's what I was thinking. It's like, yeah. what's the point of shooting it if it's not going through the shield? Unless it's depleting the shield. Depl- is yeah. it depleting the shield? Well, if this yeah. is
4: at all like the game where you have the shields up, they yeah. will deplete faster if you keep if someone keeps shooting yeah. at you.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, they're just wasting. Yeah. 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 yeah.
4: But they're, they're, there's people from the Free Town. There's people, the, the mods and uh, Mossespa. They're fighting back using rifles and pistols and whatnot.
3: So, it was at this point, I thought there's a little bit of an exchange between the the Parker girl. Uh, and one of the girls from Freetown. Yeah. They yeah. were going to, yeah. like, go up to a tower and do something. They were going to snipe. They were yeah. going to snipe.
4: They they found a defensive position with a wall. The It was like a, the turret of this scorpion droid wasn't blasting through. Yeah. So they were like, let's hold let's hold here. And it's funny how have...
3: she's, like, using this little pistol. Like, what are you going to do with that? And they give her, like, a proper sniper. Yeah, a <laughs> I, I think just before this, Boba
4: Fett just says, I'll get back up, and he flies off. Yeah,
3: he flies off. So, yeah, right. like, basically, he's gone for a little bit. Yeah. Fennec Shand's not even there. So it's basically just... Dinjarin, that's yep. there. Dinjarin, Black Chrysanthemum on one side,
4: trying to fight off this one big. Uh, no, big no,
1: Chrysanthemum's right. on the same side as all the mods and stuff. Oh, Is he? Oh, yeah, it's it? It's just yep. Dinjarin by himself, and then Grogu and that lady come. Oh to yeah, that yeah. Side. So, yeah. so
4: the mechanic comes running in with like a rickshaw. Yes, yeah. Uh, with Grogu in it, and mm. she's like, "You will never guess who's here." And then <laughs> Matt Loren's like, oh, "I don't have time for this. <laughs> I got shit to deal with." And then, like in the middle of this random chase, he sees Grogu, and they have a small reunion. And it's like. I thought I'd never see you again, and it's really good. All good, nice reunion, but I'm like, it's completely out of place in this real... Yeah, it's like...
1: I, I wish it wasn't at that point, because yeah, it's like, yeah. why? Yeah. I, it's I, like,
3: you got the shirt, like, he yeah. sees the... He calls it a the, shirt as well. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 the, the little yeah. armour, the chamber <laughs> armour. It would
4: have been really cool <laughs> if they just met at the end after after everything had happened. But, yeah, it felt like they had to rush this I just pushed that reunion into that moment. They reunite, and he's, like, doubly worried now because Gugu's there. Like, why the yeah. hell did you come... Here now, kind of <laughs> is yeah. his worry.
1: But as usual, Grogu saves his ass. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. So we see. Uh, I don't know what comes first. So we see Boba coming in with the Rancor. Okay,
1: on so I have thoughts yeah. about this. Yeah. Why did Boba bring the Rancor when he could have brought his ship?
4: <laughs>
1: like, so, why would you not bring your ship?
4: <laughs> good point. I feel like. Personally, he wanted to use the Rancor. He
1: wanted to break out this bad boy. (laughs) So I've been trading you
3: up for this day. Come on, (laughs) dude. It's like
1: this this monster could destroy half the town, or I could use my ship where I could easily destroy these weapons. Uh, But the Rancor's cool. (laughs) So if he
4: brought his gunship into fire from like high orbit, high possibility of collateral damage. You could have hit his own people.
1: The rancor is going to kill everyone though. No, anyway, yeah, he didn't. He, did, he thought he had control over the
4: rancor. He's like, I can, I can take this boy. So next thing we see is we just hear a roar. We see Berber on a rancor, epic style, coming in with like a saddle and reins and everything. He just comes in and they, he just completely jumps on this on one of the scorpion droids, and you can tell now it's struggling to keep off the rancor. Mm. And this is where the scene where it comes where you see the droid now focusing the the thing focuses the energy of the shield forwards, and there's a bit of a weak spot in the back. That's when Din Djarin decides, okay, now's a good time to try and break it. And he breaks it, comes in for the rear, dismembers the, one of the droid's legs and disables it. Just, that's That was a cool scene. The Rancor actually puts up a
1: really, really good offensive fight. And then of um,
3: Fett falls off, right? Uh,
1: not yet. That's ra- the second one where they're- yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he
3: fall off before that? And then the Rancor turns up in
4: the he, other- no, 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 no.
1: It's the second one. So they're firing the second one.
4: Oh, no, no. He, he falls off after Cat Bane comes. In. That's right.
1: It's after Cad yeah. Bane comes, which yeah. is after they beat the second one.
4: Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, yes. so, so what happens yeah. with this? The first one's destroyed. The Boba Fett takes a rancor for some more, you know, squashing of pikes, literally just slamming pikes down and eating them and shit. It was a really great scene. And then you see uh, Din Djarin and uh, Grogu running into the second droid. And, uh, you know, Din's in a bit of danger. The droid's coming up and then Grogu steps out, sneaks out of Amy Sedaris's hands and full on like, like tries to down, tries to force yeah. crush it or something and then you see it pull out a pull out a nut yeah from one of its legs and it disables the the droid's legs and in that process it becomes vulnerable Bobo comes in with the rancor to take out this one as well
1: for yeah. sure yeah that's right and, and then know. that's when cad comes out and he does the fire thing at the rancor oh yeah i think like yeah.
4: like he knows that rancors mm-hmm. don't like fire or something and he just yeah. does a flamethrower Completely disoriented, Rancor deceits Boba. Rancor goes off on a rampage,
1: and Boba's just lying there. Yeah, and, and not that's when him. they have their little battle. Yes,
3: yeah. So yeah. the battle wasn't great. So, <laughs> so for me, because I didn't, I didn't know who this guy was. So I'm like, yeah. why is Boba- like? Obviously, they knew each other because I could tell from their exchange. But I felt like because they set up the pikes, the the syndicate head guy as like the guy who ordered them to kill the Tuscans. Yeah. I thought it would have been more fitting if Boba Fett killed him instead of Finnick Shan just going and like doing ninja stuff on them and killing all of them. I agree. I thought um, it have like made it, sense, but
5: yeah.
1: that that Pike leader guy he can't fight. So it would have just been would just, Boba yeah, Fett speeding him up. At least it would
3: have been like a
4: symbolic. It would have, he would have yeah. at least, you know. But
1: I think to, they wanted him to have a fight.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So him, he, him I, I think that's why he has an assassin to do the dirty work. Yeah. And that scene is bloody. Like, she fucking hangs Mockers, <laughs> like literally hangs him, and just shoots everyone else. It's like damn man, that's
3: brutal. And she it's does like, it in like a minute. It's like yeah, they're all yeah, gone. Yeah, and yeah. And she, she,
4: she's like that's her purpose. She's there to completely assassinate, kill. She's an assassin. Um, I think I felt like Boba Fett's playback at defeating the Pikes was that defeating who they hire, defeating their entire motive, motif mm. of taking over. So his his fight with Cad Bane was. So there's a bit of personal history. When Boba was young, right after the death of his father. He falls into bad people. He he starts roaming around Death Watch. He starts associating with like bounty hunters and crime lords and stuff. And he works for different people. At one point, he works for Cad Bane. So Cad Bane at this point is in the prime of his his bounty hunting career. Young Boba Fett, teenager, works for Cad Bane, part of his team. There's a bunch of other assassins. And in this, many times he's with different people. He always gets backstabbed or abandoned or bought out or something. And like he's he's betrayed many times. And at one point, this is not yet fully in the story but is in a like a back behind the scenes deleted scenes for the Clone Wars he ends up dueling Cad Bane and loses so they meet again they're face to face they actually have a confrontation beforehand but Cad Bane kind of eggs him on saying you know who destroyed your people it wasn't the yeah. Nick Chess Backers, it was the Pyre." and then that's when you see Bubba coming back to his like rageful self it's like I can take him and Fenix like no wait you your time not yeah. now I can take him <laughs> <laughs> so now he's a chance to fight and then you see him duel and it's like there's no contest Cadbane out-duels Boba Fett any time of the day. But he's got armor on, right? So he doesn't die. Cad Bane is still pretty good at close combat, takes off his helmet and is ready to kill him. Boba's like trying to tell Cad Bane, I'm not a little boy anymore. I can hold my own. But Cad Bane's like, you're still the old Boba I know, you know, and you're not going to survive this, whatever. And it's in that last moment where Boba Fett pulls off like this last minute ditch move where he re- reacts perfectly well, gets the gaffy stick, knocks off Cad Bane to his feet and then has the last minute position on him. And uh, that's a pretty cool scene where he's just like, No, you don't know me. And it just reminds us that Bane's actually quite old in this scene. He's not in his prime.
1: I hope he's not dead though, because well, we I don't know, is stab- that a wasted character? I, I don't know who Maybe. I don't know much about it, but he didn't really do much, did he? He didn't he really shot do shot one guy. I, I, <laughs> I'd
4: like to think that no one no one in Star Wars that is killed on screen is actually dead unless you see him beheaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. On, that's my rule. Like yeah. people have survived falling off of buildings, being cut
1: in half. <laughs> Like he could prob- yeah, he'll probably come back, will Yeah, he?
4: he was stabbed in the chest, yeah. and you see his little, like, unit. His
1: it's, like, beeping, his isn't beeping. it? beeping. Yeah. I don't know what
4: that means. It could mean that, you know, it's activating and helping him breathe. But um, he kills him. That's a, really, that's a, that's a good scene. But it reminded me of, like, uh, you've seen Back to the Future Part 3, mm. which is that jewel where, you know, Marty McFly gets shot, but you don't know he's having the steel plate behind him. Yeah. 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 Which is also a reference to uh, a Sergio Leone film, like um, one of was old films. So, this was, like, a double reference in that sense, it's a Western with uh, with armor, but yeah, we we see Boba Redemption arc. He defeats campaign and in that hand defeating the pikes. Now the rain calls loose, right? It's completely devastating. The whole Mos Espa running around is like a King Kong reference. where He climbs up the tower, yeah, and he's like leaning off of that thing and like, all right, well, that's that's. So it. Boba
3: Fett obviously didn't factor this into his.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's yeah. trying to calm it down. Din Djarin tries to fly and tame it, uh, which is and interesting. It Grogu saves the day again. Doesn't work. There is a, there is a bit of a reference with Mandalorians trying to tame big beasts. That's how you originally get your crest, where you, if you tame a beast or you defeat a beast, that, yeah. that becomes your insignia.
3: And he does that in um, episode one of season two when they have that, that- that The rhino
4: thingy. Yeah. That's when Din Djarin does it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of speculation but as to how- be fair, yeah.
1: that was actually Grogu that defeated oh, it that as Oh, well. Yes. Din Djarin <laughs> just taking bloody all yeah. of Grogu's wins. There's a lot of speculation
4: yeah. as to how Boba got his crest, which is a mythosaur, and that's like the- an extinct, to be said to be extinct, a beast of Mandalore. But this is a callback to that. When he's riding the Rancor, it's like the Mandalorians historically have ridden beasts into war. That was cool. He couldn't tame this one eventually. So, Grogu steps in out of nowhere and has this beautiful moment where he kind of like force sinks with the Rancor and the Rancor just kind of looks at him, calms down and falls asleep. Yeah. And Grogu is just like-
1: To be honest, that was my most surprising part of- this whole season yeah yeah because um normally they just kill all the animals so <laughs> i'm like oh they kept this one alive <laughs> true
4: yeah, yeah. they fucking killed off the Rancor and return of the jedi i that
1: would have, i would have been surprised if after after grogu put it to sleep if did just came up with the dark saber <laughs> chopped its head off <laughs> Yeah, ah, like, what are you doing <laughs> i thought we we're fighting it
3: <laughs> that'd been yeah. brutal I'm, they I'm, they I'm, do kill a yeah. lot of animals. in there. Like um, they kill
1: an animal basically every episode you know, of the first season.
3: You know, in the train uh, that uh, going back to episode two in the train yeah. sequence, every time the train goes past, they shoot one of the the Banthers. The Banthers, the yeah, yeah, they just die. She's yeah, like, why yeah. Why like, you every shoot single time, armless creature. they just like, like and. <laughs> and the Tusken oh, ra- they know that every single time they're losing a bad- at least one bad because they always get shot. Yeah. So why can't That's they just move them out of the way? <laughs> it's tragic. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Something always gets killed. Yeah. I'm glad the Rancor didn't die because this is like, we don't know how many Rancors there are, if they're in danger or something. So like, it's yeah. still there, which is good. It's sleeping. It's really cute. See, Grogu goes up to it and just like sleeps next to it. Like it's synced with it. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And uh, a lot of surprises. Who knows what else Grogu can do? Luke, in the previous episode, something really interesting. It's like, I'm not teaching him so much as he's remembering stuff.
3: Yeah, so maybe he's already... Which is like, maybe yeah.
4: he's a lot of stuff he knows, he's just blocked it off. And there's a lot of speculation as to who was it that smuggled him out of the Jedi Temple. A lot of speculation. And there's people saying Plo Clun, Some people are saying uh might have been uh one of the characters from Clone Wars. um, Like one of the people who framed Ahsoka. Okay. Smuggled him out. Some randoms are saying it's uh, Mace Windu. Like, he survived that fight and the electro- electrocution and he's just like...
1: People would still somehow. say Mace Windu's alive.
4: There's scope to believe that. There's scope, there's to scope for him to be alive. If, how many yeah. people do you know have well, fallen Palpatine to their... death so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> how, how many people have fallen to their deaths in Star Wars? <laughs>
5: Darth Maul. Ball, yeah.
4: Palpatine, right? Both of them have survived. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Palpatine apparently a clone. I don't know. But still, yeah. Maul is the only one who's fallen off a long distance and, and still, is not dead. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm Mace just saying, Windu could be alive. I'm just yeah. saying, if he comes back, that'd be massive. I'd expect him at least to have lost a bit. Samuel limb, L. Jackson but... will do it. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't oh, be surprised if he's in something already, like coming up.
4: It'd be really cool. It'd be really cool to see him come back. But um, yeah, Grogu defeats the rank, uh, comes down the Rancor, and I'm pretty sure that's the end of the conflict in that town. Then we see Fennec Shand assassinating
3: the yes, the yeah.
4: leaders, the the leaders of the uh, of Mos Espa who turned yes. turned uh, and betrayed Boba. Brutal assassination, and uh, that's it. She and kills him it. and she rides yeah.
3: off. And and all is well, I think. So they've they've defeated everyone, and then uh, there was a little exchange toward the end the end of the show where Berfets speaking with Fennec Shand, and they're like something around like something around along the lines of "Should we be doing this or something? Are we are we fit oh, to is, do is, this? is this our yeah.
4: is this our life now? Like because everyone's yeah. in peaceful, they're restoring their shops, and everyone's praising Boba like their leader yeah. now. So he's actually major domo. He's now accepted to be the leader. They fought the war, and he's like, oh, "Is this?" Is this comfy now? Is this just yeah. too comfy? is this what we
3: meant? And then yeah. um, I don't know if this was hinting that they just hand back the reins to like um, Chrysanthemum and the um, the the riders. Like, are they just... Because they chuck... I don't know if that was meant to be symbolic. They chuck him like a fruit or something? Oh, or the Meiluron the, yeah, yeah.
4: the fruit. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, another little thing from Star Wars Rebels. I think that's just to show that they're all now a team. I think so, like, yeah. I, I don't think they're giving Black Chrysanthemum any sort of ruling, ruling quote, but it could just be that... Yeah. They've accepted and now. People, they're they're a good team. They work well together. Yeah, it, and not that, everyone understands clan.
3: what he says, right? So, <laughs> I, I
4: feel like Boba Fett understands. I he? think Boba Fett understands. Yeah, it. Boba Fett, yeah. Fennec maybe as well. Yeah, that's so. This is their. This is his clan. This is this yeah. his new clan. So it It'd be his good clan, to see
3: knows. more of his clan because you don't really see like he recruits them, but you don't really see them doing anything.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I personally I would have written the story a bit differently. I would have made him fail. I would have made him completely fail at being a leader of this place to see it torn down and Tatooine become this new crime-heavy place and him forced to flee to a place that he doesn't want to go to, like where his father started. Because you don't see much of where Jango Fett's from, but the backstory is really fascinating. It, think- it, it goes back to Mandalore and like the whole Mandalorian lore. So I felt like if you wanted to go to Mandalorian Season 3, this is the perfect way to do it. But uh, no, they made him win and he's now the leader of Mos Espa, and so that's a cool end to the uh,
3: episode in the series. And then there is a short post credit sequence where you see, what's his name? Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth, yeah. yeah, in the to tank.
4: That's true, it's yeah. a Cobb Vanth. And we also see, I don't know if this is in the post-credits, but we see uh, the Mandalorian flying
3: out of Tatooine. Yeah, that's the last. Uh, they end, uh, do they end on that? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. It, it's yeah.
1: like Grogu's asking him to, to yeah. jump yeah. into Lightspeed. And everyone was right, that yeah. little
3: compartment was for Grogu, so he's yeah. there now. I think he was joined. scared that he, you know how he's like tapping on the thing. It's like, maybe he's going to break it. I better just do this. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tap
3: on the thing. Yeah. That's fun. That just shows that
4: they're, they're back to their playful you know, yeah. little duo there, which is cool.
3: Again, Finds I out. found it interesting that they end a Boba Fett show on The on Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the whole that, All yeah. the viewers are like, well, this arc has ended. We want now to look at the next arc, which is going to be these guys. Yeah. So I think they're-, I guess, they're
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Mandalorian season two ended with Boba Fett, so- Oh, that's true. post credits, yeah. though. Yeah,
4: in yeah. post credits, but yeah.
1: yes, yeah. yeah. That's, that's
4: funny. And yeah, Cub Vanth is in the back to tank.
1: Also, that mod guys. That mod guys there.
4: To, to help mod Cub Vanth. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I hope they do the music again. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes.
4: I loved- I have to call out the, uh, the amazing Reddit community. For the book of Boba Fett, like the number one comment after the finale was like, in all caps, get cop Vance at the back to tank. <laughs> and immediately after, I was like, yeah, with some sweet flashbacks. <laughs>
2: I'm like,
4: oh, I love you guys. That's so cool. But yeah, very interesting uh, series. I yeah. yeah. There's definitely, so now you understand what I mean by massive deviation. Yeah. Yeah. To the, to the-
3: and I, like, just as an outsider, I felt there definitely was a deviation. Yeah. It's not that I didn't enjoy what they deviated, but I was expecting a... Boba Fett show, and it wasn't in the end, it wasn't really, like it was, but it wasn't really at the yeah, same they time. they
4: gave him his arc only after kind of diverting and kind of hyping up fans for a lot of fan service, bringing it back.
1: That's the um, thing though, they terrible. diverted, it gave fans something they wanted, but if they diverted, it gave fans something they didn't want, people would have burnt the show to the ground. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they
4: could have, like, like you said, yeah. if they kept those two episodes for the season three Mandalorian and just focused on the story of Boba Fett. I, do, I think it would have been only five
1: episodes, yeah. yeah which I would have I wouldn't have minded that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be honest,
4: yeah, like they could have just shown the Mandalorian.
1: The Mandalorian like, could have just showed up for the last episode, couldn't he?
4: Oh no, they could have kept how they introduced the Mandalorian, like in in um the Return of the Mandalorian episode five, but maybe halfway through, instead of focusing on the Grogu subplot, as soon as he finds out his his, his Mandalorian people, he gets expelled, he goes to Tatooine,
3: that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't yeah. actually need Grogu. Like, he does save the day, but you could have done it another way. You, Someone you else
1: could have done yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cause in well, that
4: way, you would still have shown a nice backstory as to what his thing with the Mandalorian lore is. Yeah. But he's now back on Tatooine. He's with Boba Fett. He's focused on the story.
3: Yeah. And it wouldn't feel like it's been way too soon to bring Grogu back as well. Like, True. You could have had a bit more time to flesh True. that out.
4: But yeah. So again, I, I feel like they must have something in mind for that, for that mm. story subplot. And I feel it's got to do a lot with the whole, You know, uh, Din Djarin, Bo-Katan, Darksaber, what's happening to Mandalore. He has to go back to Mandalore now because he really wants to redeem himself. So it's interesting to see where it's going. I'm I'm more hyped about the Mandalorian at this point.
3: Boba Fett, he's safe. He's good. I I don't know if they'll do another show just about Boba Fett. Maybe he'll feature in other stuff.
4: Yeah, Yeah. there has to be. Uh, there has to be a conflict or some sort of a resolution, some some question that needs to be answered. For me, the biggest question is: uh, He's got his armor, right? Have you ever noticed the signs on his armor, the symbols? There's a there's like a half semi, uh, two hemisphere, two hemispheres split by a wheat grain with the number seven on it, and on his shoulder, he's got the Mithras symbol. And these were not Jango Fett symbols; these were symbols that Boba Fett got inscribed on the armor after he inherited it, which means he's done some shit. In the extended universe that symbol is the Concord Dawn symbol, which is a colony off of one random moon in the mandalorian system that doesn't matter but the, when the mandalorians flew uh they they escaped mandalore some settled on concord dawn and someone took jango fett Boba's father as a foundling that's how he got the armor that's how he trained as a mandalorian so there's a history that's going back there i really want them to flesh out that history of what happened with his father how did he become a mandalorian and does boba fett have any link with that because he wouldn't have got that symbol engraved if he didn't go back or did do something same thing with Mythosaurus what does Boba Fett have to do with Mandalore? That'd be really cool to see.
3: Yeah, so we'll see if they explore all of that. So in terms of Star Wars things coming up, it the next one will be Obi Wan. Uh Obi-Wan. and then wow. Yeah. I think there's some other shows planned, right?
1: But Ahsoka.
3: And there was some other Acolyte?
1: Uh, no, it's um it's like Guy in Rogue One.
3: Oh yeah, that yeah, I know the one you're talking about. The guy what's his name? The guy in Rogue One, who's um, they're doing like a backstory thing for him.
5: Oh,
1: I should know. You something. guys know. Oh no, I know what it is. It's called the guy in Rogue One who dies. <laughs>
3: that's
1: that's what the Which movie. Which one? Is. The, the,
4: the main protagonist. Yeah. Yes. yes.
1: Not not the not the lady. The guy. Oh, Andor. Andor. Yes. yes. Andor. Yeah. yeah Andor. Cassian yeah, yeah, Andor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cassian Andor. Cassian yes. Andor. And Andor. Yes. Andor. And Andor. But the the show is called Andor. Andor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: There yeah. is one about. It's based in like the before times. uh the the previous the Galactic Republic, the old one. About, yeah. the Sith, about, uh, about the Sith Acolyte. I don't know what the show's, is show is. Isn't the show called Acolyte?
1: I don't know if that's confirmed. Is that,
4: is that the show? On. Acolyte. I'm pretty sure it's Acolyte. Star Wars Acolyte. Okay. Yeah, yeah. based off of uh, the Old Republic, which goes back. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure what ha- what's happening with the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron adaptation. Is that It's been got delayed. Oh, uh, yeah. I think yeah. Story, story conflicts. Like they Well, agree on-
1: people weren't happy with... with, it, with St- Star Wars, in general, has a history of firing people... Where their previous movie wasn't that good, and wasn't Patty lots-
4: Jenkins' movie? She did not
1: Wonder Woman 1984, which uh, lots of people do not like. I don't but, like it, but as she well. was
4: hired for Wonder Woman one, which was really good.
1: Yeah, so they they hired her for this Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah. after Wonder Woman one, and then in between that, the Wonder Woman 1984 came out, and people hate that. That's not fair. So, like, I I, have I,
4: a feeling- I understand if it's like you know. D&D, completely tanked Game of Thrones, that's understandable. I think Patty Jenkins, they, they should consider her. She's a really good director. she got great vision. But
1: saying that, remember, Episode 9 was meant to be directed by-
4: Alex, John or Chris Colin, Trafer, Colin Travero? Chris something. Colin Travero. Colin Travero. Yeah.
1: And he did the Jurassic Park movie and they hired him after that. And then he did some, did some other- Book movie. of Henry. Book of Henry, yeah. yeah, and completely tanked. And then they fired him and then they got J.J. J. Abrams instead.
4: They should have. Oof. I feel like they should have kept Colin Trevorrow. Just, just from reading the manuscripts of the Duel of Last, the Duel of Fates, that was amazing script.
1: Yeah, it, oh, it was actually much it was better. Than, there was, there yeah. was no. Uh,
5: it was better. There was I no. Did.
4: They weren't being safe at all. They just committed to a unique storyline, went with it. I love that. I felt like they, Star Wars needs more risk taking. Like I know people here might not agree with me, but you want the purest form of risk. Like most creative adaptation of Star Wars is the animated shows. Yeah. Dave Filoni heading up the animation departments with these people. Like they actually sit down with George Lucas and they asked him, what happened to this character? Where do you see this character going? What if we had a character who was, you know, a Jedi, but it was also, you know, a boy who was orphaned early, but he has his ragtag of people. He wants to be a pilot. Where would this person go? They actually consulted George Lucas on this. And he would give his notes. Oh yeah, this person would be like this, and he'd do this. That's how they made Ezra from Star Wars Rebels. And he's a massive potential character who might appear in one of these new Star Wars shows, like Ahsoka. Um, we do see her on her thread, her um, journey to try and find the new antagonist. She questions the um, the 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 person in her episode, like what, where is Thrawn? Where's, Gen- where's General Thrawn? And Thrawn is a massive player in the Star Wars show, or oh, in the yes. extended universe. But he's been brought into canon now, so yeah, I feel like Thrawn. You're oh, yeah. you um, to this.
1: I was, I was just about to say that Ezra has been cast for Ahsoka. Mina Masood, has the guy that plays Aladdin. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, that's
4: cool because well, he, he is of like is subcontinental bullshit. origin. I. Which what's yeah. the what's the what's the article?
1: Uh, it's from Forbes.
4: Okay, Forbes. If you look at the source, there's one particular source that is doing all these like casting rumours. So I don't know if it's been confirmed, confirmed, because the
1: It's not we got this covered, so <laughs> it's not it's not complete bullshit. Forbes yeah, has yeah. some sub level of consistency. They,
4: apparently but, also the uh, Sabine yeah. Wren has also been cast potentially.
1: Yeah. From what oh, I've seen, it looks really good. But what you were gonna say about my theory is that I think everything's going to lead to Thrawn in the end, yeah. And they're going to bring all these characters together to fight Thrawn, Yep. Um, which is so- why they're probably saving um Luke coming together for that. So will and- this include Asho-
3: like Luke,
4: Ahsoka.
1: Ahsoka? They might introduce someone in Andor that they could bring in the- Mandalorian, the- Boba Fett, all those guys. Yeah, yeah.
4: Okay. Uh, th- there's a lot of hu- there's a lot of people in Star Wars Rebels that we introduced. So yeah, Ezra and Thrawn introduced in Star Wars Rebels. Uh, there's rumors that. Uh, there, there could be some other characters appearing to face this. Like Thrawn by himself is a threat. He's not that big a threat by himself. What makes him dangerous is that he's a Chiss. And the Chiss ascendancy, which is the group, the species that he's from, is quite strategically dangerous. So that could be interesting to see where that goes. And uh, yeah, if, if Ezra comes back in live action, which is yet it, it, it to be fully confirmed. I know when Ahsoka was cast as Rosario Dawson, it was like, okay, that's confirmed. That's huge. This, if it happens, that'll be pretty big. That's the next big reveal. Yeah, happened. I'd,
1: I've heard before that Minimum suit was cast, but I don't know if it's legit. Let's take it with a grain of salt and say maybe he's cast.
4: Thrawn has been, I think, confirmed to be cast as the same voice actor who played him in the animated series.
1: I think La- that- is that Lars Mikkelsen. Yeah, I think they yeah. said that
4: he's he's confirmed. Mm. And if here's the thing, if Thrawn's confirmed, Ezra's assuring because the way they ended rebels is that the fate of ezra and thrawn was like they were together something happened they shot off into hyperspace into infinity you don't see them again and so it's like are they alive or they're dead we don't know so uh yeah it'd be really cool to see some of the more more, uh, more animated characters appearing in live action would be a complete day filoni move i'd love to see it happen yeah there's a lot of people be, who could make that a yeah. lot to
3: look forward to then interesting uh, times yes interesting so times, we'll end with you know. a quick rapid fire for for you. Uh, oh, nice. Yes. Okay. Three three questions. Yep. Who is your favorite Star Wars character? Oh, that's a hard one. If you yeah, had to pick one. That is a one. hard
5: one.
4: Favorite Star Wars character. Okay.
3: Favorite okay. favorite Star Wars protagonist and we'll do antagonist separate. So. Okay. Yeah.
4: All right. Favorite Star Wars protagonist would be young Anakin Skywalker. Okay. So, like not
3: uh during ex- during Clone Wars. Yes. During okay. Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. I
4: would say or oh, even yeah, during Clone Wars, I would say. Mainly because there's a lot of conflict behind him, Confl- fan conflict. Not not everyone uh, likes the way his character was fleshed out. Yeah, but I feel like he's my favorite because the entire Skywalker saga is centered around him. Him as Darth Vader, him as a kid, and everything. So it's like he's my favorite character, overarching. And there's a lot of mixed feelings about the way he was done. But like I remember watching Force Awakens, You see Kylo Ren, and I was like, this is beautiful. This is exactly how Anakin should have been. Recklessly angry. To the point where he just let out and started going, you know, his force abilities were awakened. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot left wanting.
1: I think yeah, the so, problem was the uh the acting and the script. But not that Hayden Christians is a bad actor, but I think oh, his it was direction a script. was it was a script. His it direction was, a script. was bad. Yeah. yeah.
4: Like if I, I think the the Clone Wars would not have existed without that feeling of wanting more from the films. Yeah. It left a lot of desire to see more, to want more. George Lucas is a great creator of stories but he just can't ride as well as he thinks he does that's my only criticism but yeah Anakin Skywalker is probably my favourite antagonist
3: also Anakin Skywalker <laughs> favourite antagonist Darth
4: like that's a cop out right yeah. because he's, he's kind of both yes Darth Vader is symbolism for antagonism but I feel like there's a bit of a cop out yes he's my favourite villain of all time kind of like you know he's yeah. up
3: there with like Sauron and
4: People are mythically, yeah, and uh, he's also uh, someone
3: that transcends the franchise. Like you got Yoda, we spoke about Yoda, but I think yeah. Darth Vader is similar. Yeah. I
4: think, yeah, But my my actual favorite antagonist is Darth Maul because his uh, story arc is much more tragic, I believe, than Darth Vader's. It's much more. There was no light for him ever. He was the perfect Sith warrior, and I think that there was a disservice to kind of kill him off. They should have kept him. So, he's definitely my favourite. To to see him in, like, Season 7 of Clone Wars was a real treat. The great thing about him is that you know he's dead. He's not going to appear in the sequel series or anything like that. Mm. He's got an end. And I think he ended in the perfect phase of Star Wars. He doesn't go on too long. So, you can still flesh him out. We might see him in Obi-Wan. Yeah. Might be really cool. I'd love to see Ray Park resume, you know, the the performance. But, yeah, that's uh, my favourite antagonist.
3: And last, your favourite Star Wars property. So, it could be a movie... A show oh, this one is
4: that's one good, uh, Clone Wars okay for me, yeah, the Clone Wars series, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, it takes some time to get into, but yeah, there's the, that is such a unique offering and experience. Um, and it, it in and of itself, it's such a well refined experience to the point where if, today I'll I, I have a curated list of episodes to watch for Clone Wars, like if you think you have to watch only some episodes, you don't want to watch other fillers, I've got the guide for you, just let me know, I'll post it. I've got a Reddit post on that one. But I still believe it's it's one of the more um, wholesome experiences, and it it brings in everything you love about Star Wars, basically. Yeah, and even comments about the stuff that people didn't like, like that was too fast. Anakin went from like zero to one hundred, from like I want to save my wife to I'll fucking kill these kids, like, <laughs> and that's kind of explained in the Clone Wars, like what they actually fill in that time to say there's a progressive, progressive buildup of that side of him. Um, yeah, Clone Wars.
3: All right, another very definitive episode. On Star Wars, so we've only we we actually haven't talked about a Star Wars movie yet. We've done Man and and this, but at some stage we'll do the movies. We'll we'll see. We have done Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, we have. I keep forgetting about that yeah. one though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did, did you do the uh, the original? Scene yeah, like we did a- Star Wars Solo as well.
4: Solo, oh, okay. we did do that as well, yeah. which I also okay. forgot. Okay. Yes, but you haven't about- you haven't done Force Awakens and. The Last Jedi? No. No,
3: because okay. no. So, we started this in 2018. So. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Yes. So uh, we did Solo. We did, we did that. Solo. Yeah, Solo mm. was actually our first Star Wars thing that we talked about. Mm. I keep forgetting about those two. Nice. Yeah.
5: Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, old
4: school
3: look back at the old films would be really cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah we'll do that at some stage. All right, so if people want to get in touch with us and tell us about their thoughts on Star Wars in general,
1: how do they do it? So we're at Cognitive Recalibration on all platforms or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com.
3: Yes, and if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by giving us a review on iTunes or Spotify and that makes us more discoverable on search engines. And um, lastly, if people want to contact you, especially on Twitter because you're... Oh, <laughs>
4: yeah. Twitter, uh, yeah. MC. It's B H A S K A R. forgot my name there for a second. MC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, at Basker MC.
1: But it has got a raw and stuff for you, so just you want to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, now spoilers,
4: that everything's out, yeah. I guess yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. And I'll also highly recommend, um, if you listen to the podcast and you're kind of wavering between platforms, highly recommend, download Google Podcasts to get cognitive recalibration. It comes up with like cards every time you have uh, different topics on, so people can go straight to the different topics on Google. Yes. And to yeah. Click on it and go straight to, like Star Wars or Clone Wars or whatever, whatever. so it's really cool the interface they have.
3: Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, so does that, because I put in timestamps from our end, yeah. But do they also do some automation on their end so you can go to?
4: Oh, timestamps! Uh, I'll, I'll check it out. I haven't yeah. seen that yet on Google Podcasts, but I haven't updated the app in like six months, so Okay. <laughs> I'll check yeah. it up.
3: Yeah, so yeah. I do put timestamps where you can. So if you want to just go to spoilers, you can do that if you want. Right. Uh, but yeah, that. I oh, mean, in the description. In the description, yeah, that comes yes. up.
4: That comes yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, there's not like yeah. YouTube timestamp where it's like on the actual uh, loading button. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's application based, but anyway, that does appear. All yes. the descriptions yeah. come.
3: That's really cool. Thanks, Bosca. Thanks for it's uh, three hours of your time. Thanks, right, thanks look, a lot.
4: I could talk <laughs> forever about this is the only platform where I can ramble and rant about Star Wars without looking like a lunatic. <laughs> so, you know, thanks for giving that outlet. It's a pleasure to be here, all,
3: as as always. That was good. And um, as always, we'll get you back for another episode at some stage. Maybe Obi One in mm. when that comes out. Oh yeah, that'd be huge. Once again, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you're all staying safe, and we'll see you in the next one.
4: May the force be with you.